we don't have to talk about the video the whole time. I've got some other stuff. I don't know if you have other stuff. Well, I'm. I don't have my notes or anything. I don't have notes on on anything. But do you do you have notes most of the time? Sometimes. Oh, I usually have bring. I, well, I mean, like the true true deep, obviously. True detective. I had notes. Uh, I think for a while I was bringing my like journal notebook mm -hmm. but not really i was more using it as like a totem you know i wasn't okay. really consulting it very much yeah but i was you know i was journaling more but you I felt safer safer yeah yeah I, well i felt like you know if there was stuff i wanted to consult but i never did and you know but i do think the habit of journaling had me in a place where I could talk about interesting stuff more readily and more cogently. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas now I'm just an incoherent mess. I haven't been journaling. I haven't been podcasting. What was that noise? Uh, it's my uh, text tone. Oh, okay. I have it set to uh, Matthew McConaughey's laugh from whenever he did that whiskey commercial. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. There's a whiskey a, commercial where he said... Let me if, see that thing. Can I just hold it? If oak and something else, it's some other like you know, whiskey thing, we're having a party at the lake house, would you go? He's okay. Like, I would. He this is nice, it. man. It's fucking dope. This is the brand, the newest kind? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It came out like a couple weeks ago. Or and this is a case on it. No, no, no. That's just this is how just, they come now. Whoa. We're talking about my iPhone. Very just cool, bragging man. about my tech. Yeah, very cool. Very high tech. Thank you. I think, uh, well, you know, once I get a J.O., I think it's new phone time. Definitely. I, I don't know. You've We're doing this in the, I've got a new home, new phone. I don't know how to take any of these compliments. I like I, Every time I hear myself say thank you, I'm like, sound like a fucking dweeb. Why? I don't know. I don't think you sound I don't, like I don't. I just, I don't. I've never been comfortable with accepting praise interesting i i uh <coughs> i kind of feel that too yeah uh but i found in in regular society uh like when someone buys a new car or a new house uh a new phone they most people do want you to say like oh nice that's cool man you know they 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 like that part too uh so yeah. i i i also I feel a little bit. It's a, yeah. It is a little weird to do. But like, uh, but I, I like if you did come over and, and like didn't say a thing, it I would probably would be like, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, right. That would but be like, like yeah, the so hater of the year, dude. It's a classic <laughs> question of like, what exactly am I looking for? Like, yeah, if, yeah, if there yeah. was nothing, I'd be like, I was odd. But what, and then whenever like the praise comes, I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. So you, <laughs> you know, like, so when we were on the roof, and I was like, "Oh, this is sick." You yeah, know, did, did that feel weird? Or because that was sick. Like the I liked. Looking. I mean, I was trying to like just like I was I was sort of like playing this out in my head of like, surely some part of purchasing this was like, at least I mean, it's not like the, what I I guess if I'm being honest, surely if some of what I wanted was for my peers to be like. You've made a good choice, TC. I validate, you know, whatever you right, done. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, like, yeah. I mean, I but but I, I'm un, I'm uncomfortable with that, right? Like, I don't like that is a part of myself, but it's not a part of myself that I like. So, yeah. like, you know, whenever it's like activated and forefront, it's like, eh, I don't know what to do. No, it's good. I mean, I do. I I hear what you're saying. I actually do think it goes pretty deep to like going to Excel or even before 
and like being told over and over again that like you're going to be a failure unless you do x y and z and then eventually man i didn't even have that about this i've which maybe i need to like take some time and do it later because uh whenever i the my like uh big project is uh yet to pan out um like the the reason I quit the ticket, I, I had this big, you know, me and a friend had a, had a big idea. We thought we were going to do some big things. Sure. And uh, getting on the airplane, like I was, I like I I teared up a little bit on the plane. And all I was thinking about was those Excel motherfuckers. They were wrong about me. That's good. I'm That's make the good millions. thing. Good. I and, mean, you, you still might. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Even uh, if you don't, you're still doing well. Yeah, no, life is going well. There's plenty. Yeah. But that just felt like the sort of, like, you know, like there's some levels of success you can quibble with and there's others where it's like even your most hated enemy has to grant that like obviously he did kill it. Yeah, definitely. You know what? Definitely. And like, you know, I, I feel like you, you can still quibble, you know? I want the non-quibble kind. Yeah, definitely. I always think back. I mean, this is every. I do think everybody. You've got to serve somebody or something. Like even if you're Bill Gates, you know, look at what he's ended up becoming. Mm-hmm. You know what I a mean? Pederast. I mean, <laughs> like certainly in a position where people can say stuff like that and everyone knows why. Like you know what I mean? Like I don't. I don't know that he's a pederast, but. You know what I'm saying? Like that that man had it all. And it's like Yeah. I guess well, he still does, but you know, it's it's kind of like the hedonic treadmill. It it does it's not like exactly applying, but like there's something similar going on, right? Of like the first several years of him achieving that level of status, no one was doing but like at this point it's accepted by every single person in the country. Like, of course, he's one of the richest men in America yeah uh and thus the world and so like that you just get adjusted to that baseline yeah and then it's like well i know he's been doing all that stuff but like also here what i'm hearing lately is that his wife divorced him because she didn't like his answers about why he was on a plane with a known fucking sex trafficker and then uh you know went and gave an interview about it where he sounded more guilty than i've heard anyone talking about sex trafficking i finally did hear us i didn't see it but i i heard like the sound bite it's, it's not good. It's tough, dude. It sounds it's like a guy tough, who's, dude. you know, looking to have you stop uh, asking questions about the time you fucking yeah. had some statutory rapes. Yeah. I mean, I really think it's like, uh, you know, I think like in my own life, right? Like I, I went to Excel, so I, there were things that in regular teenage development, you know, that I didn't have or that I had on a different schedule. And then I look at like when I started getting money, you know, how I was behaving and what I did. And so like, for example, I wouldn't say I'm a sneakerhead. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like I've never waited in line, but like, I like like Air Maxes and stuff, you know? And there were times when I had- One of my favorite things you've ever said is when you're describing those shoes that you bought at North Park. <laughs> Which ones? I, I mean, I- it could be in a couple of things. We but. Were hanging out in the pool with Dan, and uh, you you were like, "Do you mean when I was walking around North Park wearing cool shoes?" 
I think so. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because I, I don't think I'm because you were you were disco- like you were like you know these kinds of shoes. I don't even remember where they were. I hadn't heard of them, but you were like explaining you were explaining it in like an extreme like a look at these fucking like yeah they got some special kind of leather that like 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 you were seeing through that it was a scam. You know, yeah, yeah, like all yeah. this is like bullshit reason so that you feel good about paying seven hundred dollars something that costs us twenty to make. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you're you're transparently seeing what that grift is, and then at the end of the thing, it was like, <laughs> so I had like seven of them. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my god! And I would like walk around North Park, being like, I'm fucking. How come no one sees? Yeah, that these like are a no rare one's color. recognizing my. Yeah. You know, yeah. Oh my dude, yeah. Dude, the best, I don't, it like, uh, I want, I'm trying to, trying to explain this sensitively. It's like some of the most meaningful compliments I've ever gotten are like nods from 70 year old Japanese men at the airport. Sure. Like in California, especially, you know what I mean? Like when they're just like, or you get like a double take. And they're like, that's, you're like, that guy in a bucket hat, like, looked at, at my, you know, whatever was going on. And I'm like, that, that's, that really means a lot. It's what and, you do it for. You know, I really, I think I was kind of chasing that with those shoes. It's so funny. It is. But uh, did I tell you? I think I did. I did uh, throw all those shoes away. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. when yeah. I, I left the law firm life. And the other funny thing is like... Uh, I don't want to gloss over that. That's an insane thing to do. I know. I think about that a lot, dude, because I would like them <laughs> if I had them still. <clears throat> now I would wear them. Um, but, you know, I did uh, save my actual suits that are good. Thank God. I'm glad I didn't like... I still have like suits and shirts and ties. Uh, but I think, dude... To change the subject a little bit, I think I need to get either new shoes or to get my old dress shoes like resold because of the way my swagger has changed so hard. Because of the supple leopard? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is another thing. Like when you're saying, do you have anything? Like that's what I've been. I I was reading supple leopard today. Mm -hmm. uh, Because I finally. Stretching. Yeah, yeah. And doing other exercises and stuff. But like, uh, so. You know how like uh, in the beginning, it's just like, here, this is how you have to stand, you know? And it's like, you got to get your standing right. So like, uh, I've been working on that for like a year to like get those, the actual, you know, the the mid bracing position, he calls it, you know, to make it like my default in in his house. Don't you feel on some level that if all of this were so necessary, that it would be more natural? No, because what's not natural is sitting at a desk for 10 years, which is what I did Yeah, yeah for like yeah. 18 hours a day. Uh, and so it like, and I feel like I've just had like different muscular imbalances anyway. You know, you could, the body keeps the score, you know, theorize it mm-hmm. or just like weird habits. You know, it's hard to really tell, but dude, even in the last two weeks, so uh i i feel like i finally like uh the whole way i stand is now different like it in so as a result i have had like new muscular imbalances and weaknesses reveal themselves 
So I have to like, I'm working on a new part of my leg now, uh, just, just focusing it. But so I was like, all right, but I can basically do the stand. Like I know how to stand in mid bracing. That position. whole thing though, makes me worry about just treadmill there. Well, you got to get it though. I mean, it's like, it, it'll, it feels like every time I talk to you, you're like, I've mastered this, and as a result of mastering it, I've found out that I, just I have, have the same a new amount area. of problems. Well, it's a new area. Like it's always like it reveals itself. Like but I don't if you've mind. Always dude. got some part of you that's. I mean, it's yeah, just there's plenty of journeys where like strengthen. you don't reach a destination. And it's just fun to be on the journey. Yeah, yeah. And if you're having a good time, I'm not denigrating you, but it doesn't seem like these people have answers. Well, it's like you gotta. They don't have. An, you're. Well, I'm getting older. You know what I mean. So it's like. Uh, you, you just got to deal with it. The other thing I would say is um, depending, uh, and that actually brings me to another update, dude, because like I said, I'm looking for a job. I want, you know, we've, we've had a lot of drug talk on the podcast. Uh, you know, I want to be clear. I read today t Delta Zero. You know, I know you were into that. You were tweeting about that. Yeah, I tried it last weekend. It's illegal again, dude. Oh, they, they decided. No. <laughs> yeah, dude, they, it's illegal. Uh, so I just want to be clear. Anytime it sounded like we were smoking weed or talking about weed, sometimes I would even jokingly call it CBD. You know, mm -hmm. we were always talking about either CBD or Delta Eight Zero. Mm -hmm. I just always and. Now that I'm looking for a job, I just want to be clear. Um, Do you want to maybe make an audio resume for anyone out in the audience who needs a lawyer? Yeah. You, well, you know, I'm about to get my California license back. So you let you, the California one lapse. Yeah, because it was really expensive to keep it up, and the, I realized there was not a penalty at all to letting it lapse. Okay. Like, there's not an increased cost to get back in. There's, you don't have to do more continuing legal education. Just pure savings. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you lose the opportunity to do California legal work, but, but I wasn't doing do that anyways. Yeah. But now I do. That's what I'm saying. Like, so that's what I realized. Uh, COVID seems to have been a big game changer for uh, opening up. You can do like legal work for companies you know, like remotely, they're like doing, you know, a lot of, there's a lot more remote positions and a lot of them are California. They want someone with California experience and knowledge. Are and you stuff. looking into those? Oh, if now I, that's what I'm saying. I'm getting the license okay. back, like, you know, probably tomorrow or this week. Okay. Uh, because that really, I think that may be, that there's, sounds tough, there's like a lot more of them than, because I, when I had the license, I would look at these jobs, but then I would, uh, I talked to recruiters about a couple of them, but uh, it's like, get on Redfin, dude. Sell your house and get on Redfin and ask yourself what you can get in San Francisco or Los Angeles or, you know what Wouldn't I mean? Wouldn't do it. It's just like, you, well, the good news is. I all, Los Angeles, it'd be worth it. It's I mean, you think place. that, but it's like, no, it wouldn't, dude. Because it's like your commute would be wild if you had, I would you know, live in a room this size. Yeah, well, that's where I was like, the good news is I wouldn't need much because my wife would not come with me. She would I was looking me. at uh, the like one of the first places that Brian Wilson lived when he moved out of his parents' house. Uh -huh. It was like, I think it was on Hollywood. Uh, and it just looks dope. Like it looked like the place that Brian Wilson would live in the 60s. That's cool. And uh, like I just saw the address and I was reading his Wikipedia page. 
And so I typed in the address and they did have, I mean, I think it would be like something around what this house cost. And it was something a little larger than this room. Yeah. But like you could, I mean, like it's no commute there, but like it's sure, in sure. Hollywood. Like, sure. Yeah. You know, that's cool. You could walk to Jimmy Kimmel every day. I would, that would be a dream of mine. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, and I've, you know, I've, I, for the right job, I would do it, but they're also really competitive. And then it's like, they don't pay hardly, you know, competition. like the coolest jobs, like uh, an in-house counsel job for Disney, like pays in Burbank, which isn't even an expensive part of Los Angeles. Like it pays what you would make working for the city of Dallas here. Because it's like working for ESPN or whatever, you know. Because of the cost they of know, living adjustment, is that what you're saying? Or are you saying they underpay because it's cool? Job? No, I'm saying the dot. No, no adjustment. Like the dollar amount is is probably the same. It's like you think so. I know so. Because like it's I've cool looked job? at this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The same way, like working for ESPN or whatever. It's like they know yeah, you want no. to. Or you know, for example, working for Sports Radio 1310 96.7 FM, the ticket. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but then it's like, well, you know, I have a family, so as cool as it would be to, you know, say I work for Disney. You think so? Uh, I mean, I, I, you, are, you said you know so, so I believe you. I'm just, I'm surprised by that. I would think that Disney would say that not only is it cool, we also want the absolute best people, so we're going to pay a lot. I think, so this is like, I don't mean to like flex, I mean, but it's like, it was like low 100s. So that's a lot of money for a lot of, you know, of people. Yeah, but you got a law degree and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like they're being pretty picky, I think, about who they hire. They're well-qualified people that could work for a law firm and make easily three times that much. But you have to then work for a law firm. Like, it, I'm sure it is cool to work for Disney, but like... Uh, I mean, you're still doing lawyer shit Exactly. That's where, like, I actually know like a guy... It's not like you get to go in the fucking movies or something. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, uh, I've done a lot of work for, like, movie and entertainment adjacent stuff. Mm -hmm. And I've also done sports adjacent stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, I once, like, was, like, I think I read about this, but I've also heard an old guy say this. I don't know who stole it from whom. But, like, uh, you know, like, some guy who is, like, the NHL's labor council. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, this guy is elite, elite, elite. Uh, and like, if he interviews you, and I mean, I don't know if it's this specific guy, I'm making up a guy for this, but it's, it's something on that level. People will be like, I just love sports. And he's like, get the fuck out of here. Like he, he, you know, he's like, what I want to hear is like, you must have wild labor law problems. That sounds so interesting to me. But like you get people that are just like, I want to work in sports, but I couldn't. So I went to law school, but I still want to work in sports, yeah. you know? And it's like ESPN hires them. You know what I mean? Like it's cool. Yeah, there. no, like uh, the the OG, the, the father of all labor the issues in sports uh, came from like the steel workers union. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's what you want. Marvin Miller. One okay. of the great lawyers yeah, yeah, yeah. of our time. I believe it. Okay. Uh, dude, what do you think about Striketober? <laughs> I think it's I, going great. I need to figure out what's going on before I, I re-enter the fray. 
I think I'm going to write an essay. I I got a couple of books off the shelf. I mean, to work out my feelings of uh, labor relations under you know cap you know capitalist realism, late stage. What's going on? But then Striketober happened, dude. I don't know, I don't know what's going on. Has a glacius right in? No, no, hasn't, okay. wrote, hasn't written about it at all. If he does, dude, copy paste me. I will. I I I don't want to, you know. Yeah, he said at some point it's okay if we forward the email sometimes. Okay, I mean, I'd be interested. I in don't want to abuse the privilege. It seems to me it's like maybe this is why I don't know, dude. Strikes are so rare. Not anymore. I've never been had a strike. I did. The, I did it really? for eight years. Yeah, yeah. I had like a. Well, because the way literally almost every collective bargaining agreement works, it's got a no strike clause. Like it's like it's considered the trade off for arbitration. Mm -hmm. So grievance and arbitration system, in which basically includes. I like mean, it makes sense. The no, we won't strike if you agree that we get to go to an arbitrator if we have complaints. That's a deal I would make most of the time. Yeah, I've always questioned. I I agree with it. Yeah, to the point where. I almost think like the grievance and arbitration, sometimes it can help everybody. It's not even a trade-off, you know, depending. Yeah, no, I, I just, my base, I mean, I'm sure that if I got to a point where like I had, you know, felt like I had even average labor relations at my previous employer, uh, that would have been, you know, delightful. Um, but my basic thing was just like, I would feel so much better even if like the arbitrator was a fucking idiot and like handed down dumb decisions all the time, I mean, I'm sure I would get frustrated by that, but it's like, at least they had to fucking explain why they were doing this shit. Like there was so many times where I'd be like, this is dumb. I can show them that it's dumb. I'll sit down in a meeting and explain it's dumb. And they'll be like, yeah, I don't have a counter, but we're doing it this way. So fucking suck it. And that's just so frustrating. So just if, if they had to just explain like what they were doing and just like justify like actually this salary is fair for this this and this but like yeah. they never even had to do that they just be fucking put it in front of me and be like the next guy said he would take it so yeah no i think that makes sense man i i think it does like i don't have a problem this is like kind of a revolution you know i'm like a left-wing guy on the management bar for even saying like collective bargaining is not offensive to me you know, like at this point, there are people who just think there shouldn't be the NLRA. Sure. Uh, but, you know, I do think corporations are the private governments. And so it's like a little mini, you know, legislation period every few years for this like small government. And sometimes it gets, it gets rowdy. It used to get real rowdy. Uh, and it's getting rowdy again, it seems a little bit, but it must just be a lot of contracts are expiring and just the situation is kind of precarious right now. Um, so it, it does make sense that that's why it's what's going on, but I don't know. It's like, I don't read the news about Striketober and be like, I hope they get crushed. You know what I mean? I'm just like, it seems like Good. it's getting rowdy. Like, I mean, it's like, I don't know. It, it, I do, but I do like uh, somebody. Oh, John Deere, they're they're on a strike, uh -huh, I think. Uh -huh. And I saw a Twitter, like a Twitter thread, where somebody was like, "John Deere cut off the benefits of the strikers." 
Saw that, yeah. And a thousand people are like in the comments just being like, oh, that's, you know, that no one is in favor of that, you know? And I was thinking about that. I still haven't looked up, uh, maybe you know, but I was like, I wonder like, no way, this is a weird issue because no way like Ben Shapiro and Tucker Carlson are coming down on the other side, like being like, fuck those strikers. I don't see that being their position if they talk about it at all. I would bet that they just run away from it. I would think like Tucker especially, especially. Those, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a weird, but the business community, obviously, they are, they're not fuck the strikers, but it's like, no, that's not ideal. I think they like, probably are fuck the strikers. I mean, I, maybe effectively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They may not, they don't like the F word quite as much. You're I right. Think. But, uh, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it's like, I guess the law actually does kind of say fuck the strikers because the way they phrase it is like, and this came into my head immediately. And then I was like, you know, I don't know. I guess I'm not, I am still biased because it's like cutting off the benefits just means they stopped paying for benefits for people who aren't showing up to work. You know, it's like, so the way literally it's like a cliche, like, you can search this phrase and a thousand cases will come up or whatever. An employer is not required to finance a, a strike against itself. You know, it's like, yeah, I mean, that does make sense. Like, but like no one takes that up at all. And I don't feel like emotionally, like they must lose their benefits. But I think like the autist in me is like frustrated that the conversation is incomplete. It's like, what the hell do you expect to happen, dude? Because when I'm on the phone, whenever, like, like I was saying, I've never had a strike, mm -hmm. but I've had, I've definitely had situations where like my client is a contractor adjacent to a labor stoppage or like getting ready for contract negotiations. Obviously the no strike clause is gonna expire. Like at some point, they still have to give you a notice, you know, and there's like, protocols in place but basically you got to train the lower level managers to not get you in bigger trouble than you're already going to be because another like nuance that gets lost is whether the strike is in response to economic issues or unlawful unfair labor practices but in practice it always ends up being the employer says it's economic the union says it's unfair labor practice mm -hmm. because the law treats, you know, it's more advantageous to their respective sides. Yeah. And that's where, like, I do think the capitalist realism, you know that book, Capitalist Realism? Certainly heard that. I, I I've not read it. I don't know who it's by or what it's about or anything. It's pretty tight, dude. It's like 70 pages uh, by this British guy. He, like, he's just a blogger. Did he kill himself? Yeah, he, like, wrote okay, it. I know, he spazzed I know on capitalist yeah, yeah. realism yeah, and yeah. just killed himself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, he said in it, like, it's easier to imagine the end of the world than the end of capitalism. Like, yeah. Capitalism will always fucking take over anything. Like, which I think it's kind of like our, our group shadow projection, and we just call it capitalism. Like, this voracious, like, monster. Uh, and that's why it will always take over everything because it's always a part of us. And you know, kind of. Obviously, there's people that are doing better, you know, dealing with it than others. For some, sure, some Definitely. countries yeah. are, you know, doing better than others. And yeah, I think that's true. But see, that's another place where I kind of get frustrated with the United States, like the preciousness of the labor conversation. Like, 
you know, led by Stephen Greenhouse of the New York Times. He's retired and just like moderates panels now, you know, and just I'm unfamiliar like, with his work. Oh, really? He, like he needs a successor. I, I don't know who it's going to be, but like could be you, dude. I don't think so. I mean, I do have things to say. Like, I think I don't Shark, know what he does yet, so I don't know if you're qualifying. He has like a uh, his last book is called like Worked Up and Fed Up or something. Like, it's basically you know he's a sounds right. He he wrote for the New York Times for like forty years. He took a buyout, at, you know, in the last few years. So he definitely like his beat is he calls up you know the the press person for the steelworkers and is like you know what's your take, you know, and like. He summarizes basically the position you would think the New York Times labor reporter. Actually, I take that back. He was more pro labor union, like in an old school sense, than you would think of like the modern corporatized Democratic Party. Yeah. And that's where another like cognitive dissonance thing came to me where like it was like no one really cared like about the unions. Like a bunch of like I knew a bunch of Democrats. I thought it would be more awkward than it was. But it's like the party is so corporatized. It is like a weird blind spot where unless it is like it's John Deere, which no one who's talking about on Twitter has made a John Deere purchase. <laughs> like, I mean, I just don't think so. Like probably ever in their life. Uh, so instead, they just know that there's a union and then there's rich people who presumably own John Deere. We don't know who they are, but they're definitely bad. You know, like for I sure. I feel confident in that. I mean, like you actually kind of enlightened me to this because you are a very unusual case. You're like me with the sneakers where you can note cognitive dissonance spots or like I can point out all the weird little arguments or inconsistencies I want. And you'll just be like, yeah, but at the end of the day, they're against the people that own the companies. Both groups are going to have excesses. I'm going to side with the people that are trying to help like the working people versus the owners of the company. That's you my know, position. Yeah. It's a perfectly like once someone puts it that way, I'm like, okay, like let's that, like that's it. But it like the, the lack of nuance in the regular conversation, it's like anybody with anything resembling expertise, seeing people without it, talk about that area. Sure. is just hard. I have no like, doubt it's frustrating. For you know it. what I mean? So, yeah. but then it gets weirdly, I guess like this is, I don't care enough I mean, even about. Even if they talked about it correctly, if it were me, I would still be upset. Like I hate whenever I hear other people talking about something that I feel informed on. Like, cause even if they're right, it's like, then I'm left with the feeling that I'm not special. My knowledge in fact is not distinguishing me. See, I, I don't, don't like that feeling. I I understand that feeling and also don't like it, but I don't feel that way about labor, you know, because no one. Yeah, I mean, is, sometimes it's cool to talk with other people. Like you can have a real conversation, you know, but I, I get into that whenever I hear about people talking about TTI stuff a ton. Oh, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, it's, yeah, definitely. it's like you would think that I would love and in certain situations I would to meet someone else who went to a school like Excel, but Oh, you know, it's one of those things like some part of the brain is definitely there to fucking find the differences. And the narcissist—it's called narcissism of small differences. Yeah, like, yeah. Like by, it goes. It into, it's hard not to go into overdrive about it. So, like of you know, exact like anytime someone brings it up, all as I like, I just I've noticed I immediately default to. Just, you know, what, what are the ways in which that situation was different than mine? I first have to demonstrate that I have heard of whatever school they're talking about. 
Um, even if it's like I I've never had this experience. I've never had this experience. I don't think I've ever met a TTI person. I mean, I've had. Wild. I want to talk about that uh, Elon School podcast, and I've had a bunch of people recommend it to me. And so stuff like that, you know, where I'll... Oh, I don't even know what you're talking about. And I just felt the feeling, man. Fuck that podcast. See? <laughs> Who the fuck is that? Uh, have you heard of... It's, it's just a general interest podcast that did two episodes on the Elon School. Oh, okay. It's not a general... I, like, I thought you were saying there there was a life skills, of, but from Elon alone. No, no, no. It's it's a guy, it was, it was a guy who read the thing that you're aware of, the Joe the, versus the yeah, Elon yeah, School. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Uh, and then like the the guy, uh, Richie, what's his... Joe, Joe Richie? Know. Is that a, a Joe the, versus Elon? Joe Richie, Joe no, Richie? It's Joe Nobody is the guy, is the pseudonym of the author of the comics. Joe Richie is the guy who runs it, the one that ran for governor of Maine. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I only know about it. Or the first time I heard about it was you telling me about it, so I know you know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, that, that guy has, uh, he found, the podcast maker found a biography of Joe Ritchie. Oh, shit. Yeah, I okay. read that. Okay. And, uh, yeah, and just did, did a two-episode thing. And it was good, and I would like to, you know, discuss some of yeah, the yeah, points. Yeah, 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 definitely. But whatever people are, that, that's the primary way I've been interfacing with recently. I've had a lot of people recommend it to me, and I always want to be like, well, you know, that this one's different from mine in this way and this way. Like, they don't <laughs> care. Like, why would they, you know? like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, so anyway, I don't feel that way about labor law, though. Like, that's good. It's just not that precious to me. Like, uh, I like to feel seen. I wish more people had my takes. I told you the only time I've, I've written to a journalist in recent memory mm -hmm. was writing to Iglesias because he, I felt, was overlooking some of the NLRB's publicity efforts. Uh, but it didn't take. Dude, if it's got to bleed, that's what that taught me. Yeah. You know, that's why Striketober is, is, you know, taking over the headlines. Well, that's why he left Fox, you know. It's for He's sure. Tired that of makes chasing sense. clicks. Maybe I'll email him again. Now, yeah. now he would maybe do I'll it. send him this episode. I mean, if if you were a subscriber, he would listen. Yeah, yeah. Well, if he takes on Striketober, email it to me. I will. And maybe that's what will turn me into a subscriber. Yeah. You know, you, I need that. I I do find myself, dude. I've been probably just because we haven't been casting. I've been so hard up for content again. Yeah. So I've been reading some Substacks again. Mm -hmm. I found a couple deranged ones. I read some Iglesias, but he paywalls a lot. Yeah, I think it's like one a week is free. Yeah. Some people, it's the other ratio. Really? Like one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know. He's got bulk subscriptions and discounts for educators, though. Does it, I consider myself an educator. Yeah, I mean. This. What are we doing here? Yeah, yeah, obviously. Uh, do, do people do free, like all subs, the, the whole thing is free? They do, right? Oh, yeah, I'm sure some people do. And yeah. I mean, like, you know, anyone who has, like, a medium. Medium is done, dude. We're done with medium, right? It's Substack for life Yeah, now. it sounds fine. Yeah. I mean, maybe not for life, but see, medium seems played out because it's like with Substack, they, the person writing it decides what's paywall and what's not. It seems like with medium, anytime I click on it, they're like, this is your last one, dog. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't think I've ever... I didn't know that you got charged for Medium at any point. I've never paid for it, but yeah. they're always threatening me. That's yeah, I'd never I buy that. I would never, dude. I'm like, who the fuck do you think you are? Like, this is Blockspot, dude. Yeah. 
Black Spot and got just I just I don't believe them. Like it, yeah, you know, yeah. I don't even. The Atlantic has been hidden. Washington Post has been trying very hard to get me to pay. They haven't wrinkled a fucking penny out of me, and I read the articles whenever I want. Is yeah. the medium going to come for me? I doubt it. That's what. That's my exact stance on the Atlantic lately. Although that's also how I can tell that I'm like I must need a job, dude, because I'm becoming more normal in what I read. Like I'm no, <laughs> I'm no longer I'm like asking people if they've read the recent Atlantic. Definitely dude. Yeah. Yeah. Although, so I've noticed, uh, this is topical for us in the Atlantic and slate articles being like questioning the prevalence of the trauma model and the popularity of the body keeps the score, especially during the pandemic and questioning whether it's as applicable as people think it is, because apparently uh, on TikTok, teenagers are like they call everything a trauma response and stuff like that. Uh, which yeah, you know, I kind of feel, but yeah, I I I feel like I'm not sure if this is exactly it. I mean, I guess let me make this point. And you tell me whether or not you think it's similar to what you were saying. So I've seen a lot of content that'll be like, uh, you know. Hey, I uh, used to think that all these like things about me were bad, but then like now I learned that's like a, just the symptoms of generalized anxiety disorder, sure. like things like that. You know, yeah. like like I'm just like sub general anxiety disorder for like whatever. You know, they'll just be like, I can ex- actually my flaws are symptoms of a thing, and like I don't know that that obviously that's part of a journey of self discovery that I'm very enthusiastic about for sure, but. At the end of the day, like, you know, yar yar, you got what's going on, you got what's going on. Is like, like I, I, there is some value in naming it, but like, I think there's a ton of, especially for anxiety, because it, it can seems build on, on some level be saying like, uh, none of like, well, I could just wipe my hands of this. Like now, now that it's got a name, I mean, I could just tell people that I'm this. And, yeah. and I, I do that. I do that all the time. Why does that bother you? It's not good. It's not a, like, that's not, you should, that should not be the end of your journey. But to be like, I've got a name for it now, so I don't need to work on any of these problems or try and solve them. I mean, I obviously don't feel this way, but it does seem a little inconsistent when you're like, you are who you are, right? So it should be good to have a label. Otherwise, you're just being gaslit by society that you're just this weird freak that can't even be named. You know, I think it's very, so this is how I feel basically. I don't care. You know, I don't trust any science. So to me, it's like, is the science vibing right? And, you know, there's a, a speaking of subtacks, you know, Scott Alexander? No. Uh, Slate Star Codex was his old blog. Okay. I've heard of that. Uh, so he's a big substacker, of course, now. I believe that. Uh, and so he wrote about Body Keeps the Score and, uh, he basically was like it's bunk the science doesn't hold up like you know this model isn't right blah 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 but i can think of it you know he's a practicing psychiatrist Mm -hmm. but he's like a psycho i mean i don't you he's not a psycho but he's just alternative lifestyle guy like he lives in like some compound i'm not sure they're polygamist or not but like some sort of weird group living bay area you know compound living you know what I mean? Like I, I was about to say not that there's anything wrong with that. I actually do think there's something wrong with like maybe not his specifically, but like 
there are some iterations of that whole lifestyle that go wrong. I'm not saying his, but I'm just saying like he lives a, di a little bit. He's a little different. You know, he has a compulsion to write scientific book reviews, you know, four times a week. Mm -hmm. It's just, so we're all different, I think. So that's what I'm saying. Like, so his take was basically like, this book sucks. It, it's not really worth the acclaim it's getting, but constantly there's a certain kind of patient a lot of them, I think it is like they deal with anxiety a lot uh, or borderline personality patients. You give them this book and it changes their lives. Like they do get better. It's like, and they come back after reading it and they're like, things for the first time are making sense to me. And he's like, I'm baffled that it helps them this much. It, it doesn't add up to me. But for it does seem to like be turning a corner for this some subset of people so i'm like i hope that happens dude you know what i mean like and there used to be when i first heard about trauma like people using it this way it's probably like 2012 2013 on twitter and i would it would piss me off i would like be annoyed by it all the time it was like a lot of like buzzfeed journalists you know like that kind of like shit and the possessive with it you know how people would talk about like my trauma like it just really bothered me. Like I don't like victim mentality or victim culture and stuff like that. But the body keeps the score. It did make sense to me. I do think like somatic expression and you know exercises. I don't. I you know trauma releasing exercises is a form of like uh, therapeutic yoga. Uh, you don't have to call it that for it to be useful but it doesn't really bother me if people use that that label. I mean, I still kind of react against it too, but I, I feel like we're carrying a little bit of the society's water there. Yeah, you try I mean, to it depends on down. who's saying in what context, right? Like, you know. Yeah, I mean, I hear you. the kind of person you already find annoying. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if it's like, again, like I said, I'm trying to get a job. So I, I don't want, you know, I'm very, very, I understand what it's like to have to run a business or something like if uh if somebody's like i'm because of my anxiety i can't show up to to work until noon and you work at a call center where you're supposed to be like manning the phone starting at 9 a.m you know what i mean it's like you just can't have that job you know maybe there's a job that we can do from noon until 9 p.m at the call center and we can make that accommodation for you but, you know, I'm, I'm not saying you just say, well, it makes sense, something makes sense to me, and so I don't have to change it. But how the heck do you change it before you label it? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of people who, until there was like the label of like generalized anxiety, they just thought they were freaks you know, like, and people would just be like, you got to deal with it. I went to a therapist, man. I don't even know. I, it wasn't an anxiety issue. I don't think, but like, there are still therapists who will just be like, you just need to grow up and get it together. Like, it's like, what the fuck am I talking to you for, dude? Like, yeah. but I guess they think that's their job. I mean, that's what the people at Excel thought their job was. Yeah. So like, there's no talk of like anxiety there. And I think a lot of kids there were highly highly anxious kids that like i don't know a label from an authority figure i think the other thing the other value that it provides 
is especially for people with really high anxiety if if a therapist or somebody who is clearly like on the power side of the power dynamic is like i'm giving you a label but i'm not saying you're bad for it that's like elating to them like it's like that's what they've wanted this whole time yeah. is to be told they're okay maybe even despite their shortcomings and so it, I do. I also remember when I got diagnosed with oppositional defiant disorder. No one said anything about trauma then. Maybe they should have. Like I think people would say now they probably should have. But I remember feeling really good because I was like, finally, dude. Yes, exactly. This is what I've been saying. Yes, you have to fucking question everything that these people are telling you. That is exactly how my mind works. Like I'm so glad that this label finally I feel seen. And then obviously my troubles were only beginning. Like it was not a good label to actually have it fixed to me, but I can remember the joy of feeling like at least the way I am has made sense to somebody on some, you know, on some level. I don't know. I feel like I've gone on enough. No, no. No one's ever, yeah, anyway. It's all a lot to think about. No, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel conflicted about the thing that you're, you sounds like you're conflicted about as well. Like, I, on some level, I, you know, like, uh, I have found it extremely useful to think about the things that happened to me, you know, before I was 18 uh, as trauma, you know, and like, uh, it's just like a different like calling them that like puts it in a different light and like makes it like it like opens up lanes of inquiry about it right of like mm -hmm. it's it invites different ways of thinking about what happened um in a way where like i feel like i can put the pieces together in a satisfying way and it just feels more manageable like the whole thing and like i just it it also like helps me give myself a break which I think is always useful for most people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, be like, hey man, you had a lot of things and you're doing your best. And like, you know, it opens up, that opens up a path for me to love myself more. Mm -hmm. And that's good. Um, but if I do it too much, like I love myself less because I'm like, you fucking sis, like no one fucking hit you, dude. Like you didn't get raped. You know, sure. and like, and you're walking around like, well, my trauma, like, you know, you grew up fucking rich white kid, like, and have ma managed to find a way to labor yourself as the oppressed, like, you know. Yeah. So, like I said, I, I feel legitimately conflicted. There's a part of me that, like, loves, loves thinking about, you know, what happened in terms of trauma. And there's a part of me that has a lot of contempt for that other part. Well, how would you feel if one of your neighbors talked to you the way you talk to yourself about your time at Excel? If you were like, yeah, yeah, I went to this place, Excel, you know, it was kind of rough. And someone who didn't go there was like, did you get hit? Did you get raped? Shut the fuck up then. Yeah, like, no, how I would you, be dismissive of You'll be like, get the fuck out of my face, man. You know? I yeah, mean, but, uh, you know, that part of me would be like, see? I guess. You know what I mean? I mean, so all of this reminds me. I'm not saying me, that part's right. I'm just saying it's in there, and I, I, I no, like I, not. I can't get anywhere by denying that it's in there. You I know? know the feeling, man. That's what I was saying when I first started seeing people talk about my trauma. I was like, "Shut the fuck up!" 
But I didn't read The Body Keeps the Score or anything like that. I just saw like people on Twitter, mostly women, being like, my trauma. That's another thing of it. Definitely, I'm like, what you went through, you didn't go to anything like, like you don't even know. Yeah, but some of them did, dude. There I know. More TTI alums like, than you think. Well, some of them went to that, and like some of them had much worse things happen than, than well, me. Well, yeah. You well, know, like, you're gonna say you weren't raped. That's part one of your like dismissals. A lot more women are raped. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm saying like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I the impulse that I have is not like factually correct, or I mean, like it depends. Well, that's what I'm saying. You may be carrying, but it definitely is my impulse to be like, you know. Whatever happened to you, it's nothing compared to what happened to me. And like most, of, I don't know about most of the time, but I'm wrong plenty about that. But yeah, like, but why that should that even matter impulse. anyway, man? It shouldn't. You're right. You know what I mean? Like it, it should help you. I mean, but I get you. I mean, I'm not, but I'm talking back to that part of you because it's like. Uh, yeah, no, it's not like that part is just making great point after great point, but well, it's got something. You're like, well, exactly. That's what yeah. I'm saying. What is that part coming from? And I don't want to put. I mean, it is good to moderate. Like, it, it would not like living in self pity as Excel often was accusing us of doing, like, is actually a bad thing. And. So See, you're, to... you're more into the, I, I agree with you, but you, you cite the self-pity, the, the, the self-pity skepticism a lot more than I do. I like, I didn't even remember that as much, but to me. Them? Well, I mean like. No, they, I do now that you say it. Uh, I, you know. Nancy, uh, especially. Like, I mean, that's one of the most complicated things about being there because like. On the one hand, I think that they did tremendous damage by denying our experiences in that way, you know? Mm -hmm. But, like, uh, and I just, I, I hate saying this, but, like, I have to because it's true. Like, they were correct. I caused a lot of problems in my life and was less happier than I could have been in an extreme degree because I was focused on the aspects of my life that were bad rather than the ones that were good because there were some that were good. Like, sure. like leading up to being there, I was considerably more depressed than I was when I was there because like, you know, in mm -hmm. part at least, uh, you know, I mean, there's probably a lot of other things going on. I mean, like, you know, for whatever the, like the, the problems that put me there were created by a family dynamic I was then removed from. So that's its own relief. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, that's going to help the depression, you know, in, in its own way. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, a lot of it also is just like a total non-acceptance of like someone forcing me, you know, like it's not, it's not good. It's not a good way to handle things. It doesn't have a proven track record, but like, you know, I have to accept and, or I, I try to accept that it was, you know, that I was doing too much self-pitying and having someone tell me to stop, like had its own purpose. And like, I don't know, it's hard to say that, but I, it's true enough. Sure, but I, I don't discount anything you said. I took a lot of the same lessons. I mean, that's what sucks about Excel is you have to let go, uh, or, you know, it doesn't suck, but it's something you got to do where you're basically like, you got to let go of the part of yourself that doesn't want them to be right about anything. Uh, yeah, I don't think I ever fully can, you know? Yeah, 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 but... I will also say like that you can, you can, they can be both. 
So they can be right that sitting around in self-pity all day is bad, obviously. But sitting around and thinking, if you have been wronged, it is good to figure out what what is going on. Like, sure. And if that sometimes means being like, whoa, because of like X, Y, and Z, a lot of times because of like my trauma, so to speak, or like things I learned early in my life uh, about what it means to be safe, I've allowed myself to be surrounded by people who are taking more from me than they're giving. And like, if this keeps going, I'm gonna be completely depleted and I, I've gotta think about this and how I extricate myself. That's all useful if that, you know what I mean, in some circumstances. Mm -hmm. And sometimes those same people will co-opt the voice or like they'll intermingle with the voice of like your self-pitying, just get back to it, you just get back to work or whatever. So I don't really, if, if my being is serving me up a lot of like, I'd, I, I've been wronged, you know, I will kind of sit with it and be like, what's been going on? A lot of times I will turn it on myself pretty quickly and be like, how stupid was I like to allow this in? And like, definitely when it comes to like being realistic about what my options are, that's where I'm pretty ruthless about self-pity or like, I guess it's like a cousin of self-pity, but like no one gives a shit how badly you want your situation to change. In fact, if anything, most people who, who do care want it to stay the same or they want it to become more advantageous for them. Like, you know, so get the fuck out of your self-pity prison and start like being realistic about how you can start like change, moving the levers. You know, I, I do like that. Uh, but again, you kind of have to go through a wallow of like what the fuck is going on. So like like when I hear you, say all the you know that like when you circle back to saying like uh feeling like that person's situation is not like mine you know when when they're talking about the tti mm -hmm. uh to me that probably i mean again not to like tell you how you feel but when i feel that way it comes from a need there's still a part of you that doesn't think anyone like that wants to be recognized like your situation was it, what it was and I understand it. You know what I mean? Like if you felt like people understood your situation, you wouldn't feel the need to be like, but I'm different. You know sure, what I mean? But I, I, you know, you can never feel like people like unless they're there, they can't understand it, you know? Well, but I feel like, like Jay-Z doesn't hear about a new rapper and he's like, yeah, but I'm from Marcy though. You know what I mean? Like, like he's old, he's established. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, like, honestly, what we do. I wonder. He, I mean, maybe there is a part of him, dude, especially because he's a showbiz man. So he likes to do, he likes the spotlight and all that. Maybe, I bet Beyonce, certainly any, any singer, because any singer that gets Beyonce comparisons, you know, she's going to be like, who? You know, like if it catches her ear. Yeah. Uh, I guess fewer rappers are getting this guy's the next Jay-Z, you know, on their come up. Mm -hmm. Whereas like, uh, nobody is really like, this is the next Beyonce. Usually it's, she's not the next Beyonce. I feel like Beyonce is kind of held to be above the rest. Anyway, my point is like, I actually like one of the things about this podcast is you can be like, 
you can start to get it if you really want to. There's 35 hours of content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that makes me feel better. Like, but I still do. I mean, I, I guess what I'm saying is I feel what you're saying, but a lot of it, I think, comes from like an internal place of like wanting yourself to be seen. Definitely. Still. Yeah. And like, you, so you said, like, it'll never, you're never going to get it from someone else. Yeah. Like, anyway. That's all I got. Uh, we're wandering pretty close to something that I, I really wanted to talk about. Um, I don't think that we did end up discussing this, but what, whenever, because uh, we, um, you know, just this is one of the things that's kind of been pent up because we were doing the True Detective stuff. Um, but before we started doing the True Detective stuff, uh, you know, we had, we had a wonderful weekend hanging out with uh, some other kids who went there. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of them made an analogy that I'd, I'd heard him make once before, and I've certainly turned it over in my head a lot. Um, you know, it just stuck out as something that, like, you should really consider and see where it sits with you and everything like that. And it's it's the same, along the same lines of, like, you know, it is, it's it's very difficult for me to give them credit. Um, but, you know, his, his point was uh, that, you know, like, if you... If, if you had someone that like kind of got you excited about like working out and like kind of open your eyes to fitness right. and uh it Sharp turned out that like that person's techniques were like awful you know and like right fucking threw your back out but like you you kept on iterating you know like you're like all right well that doesn't work for me but like i'm gonna keep on trying you know like wouldn't that in its own way like wouldn't your awakening to uh, you know, fitness in general be beneficial, even if the specific techniques that were given out were uh, were bad. And I, you know, I mean, there's, there's a lot to think about. That I mean, I, well, on the one hand, I I think he's clearly onto something. It's an it's an interesting way to think about it. Of like the instead of fitness here, it's like general self improvement. Mm -hmm. You know, of like they 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 put us on a, a path to thinking about. Um, you know, like how to, how to fix your flaws and how to try to, you know, uh, create value, uh, in, in both the non cobertate sense and also the cobertate sense. Are we going to change the artwork for real? Do you want to? Yeah. Okay. I mean, we did true detective. We're we kind of in a new season. Yeah. 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 I do. Um, and, uh, but like, so on the one hand, it's something to think about, and I I think that he's he's onto some points. On the other hand, like they really did, like it. It's not like I left there enthusiastic and all, or like just throughout my entire time since then, I've just been plainly enthusiastic about like self improvement. Like on the one, like I do always in my own way think that I'm trying to get better, but I, I think that I, it closed me off to a lot of ideas that might've otherwise been beneficial that I'm only now like, uh, you know, kind of like unwinding enough to see that like, like just this, so much of the like, uh, Miss Nancy devotion stuff. I was like, just because it was being yelled at me by, you know, a pretty bitter person, uh, <laughs> fucking at, you know, 7 a.m. in the morning that I was like, all of this is bad. And yeah, it, some of it's fine. But like, I like, devotions I, is sick, dude. I am. Uh, <laughs> I know we diverge on this pro point. Devotions. Yeah. yeah this, you know, longtime listeners know it's documented <laughs> that we, we have different opinions about the usefulness of this activity. Yeah. Um, but like, 
I don't know, dude. I, I think that there was good points in there that like could have helped, but like, because in my opinion, she did such a bad job of being a messenger for those ideas, uh, that like I, so I, I don't know that I accept that I left there with, uh, yeah, um, uh, what's the uh, metaphorical, uh, enthusiasm for fitness you know like i think it did turn me off to mm -hmm. some forms of self-improvement which is its own damage you know yeah but, but i i still th like you know yeah there, there's other ways in which um you know i mean like i i do definitely i mean i guess everyone thinks about how to live life and what's a better way to do things but i i would bet that the typical excel student does or former excel student probably does do it more i there's certain ways in which i have been uh you know like examining my life more than i did prior to going in and i guess i would have to somewhat attribute it to that yeah i would think so i don't know man i mean but then you got on social I mean, the whole, media like, unexamined life is not worth living is literally a phrase i learned in mr john's class sure but then you get on social media and you see some of our fellow alums and you're like, are they living the examined life? You know? I think some of them are just trying to make it. Of course. Yeah, sure, sure, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. It's like some people, you can't even tell that they went there. Other people, you're like, man, I wish you got more help. You're right. And then... Yeah, as I was making the point, I was going to try and, like, define a specific sort of Excel alum, and I just don't know an elegant way to do that. Yeah, yeah. There's a, and I feel like that makes the point collapse on some level. Like, if not, if it didn't happen that way for everyone, then clearly... Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, not a I good think, thing. Well, you know, who knows? I, I mean, I do... I do hear what you're saying. I do, uh, and I, I remember. I mean, at the end of the day, I think that, that they should have some metric that they should be able to point back to. That was startling about listening to the Elon School podcast is that at points it sounds like they did try to make an argument for whether or not their methods were working, and I don't recall Excel. Oh, I think they did, man. I mean, don't quote me on this, but I, I agree. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. No, no, that was it. I, it's not like they said that while we were there, like to us that much. Okay, we but, agree on that. But I want to say in some of the web page stuff that I was archiving, there what was some stuff where it's like X percent of people are successful. Mm -hmm. I and I, I, I maybe I can't remember exactly how they define that. It just feels like if they had been confident that was true, that they would have kind of done like a survey or something. Well, just like it would be a persuasive reason why we ought to listen to them that they should br bring up in the course of our treatment. True. Well, that's the other thing is like, well, that's the thing I guess. 80% the, of these kids have awesome lives. Like, yeah, do you want yeah. to be in the 80 or do you want to be in the 20? Because the 80 listen to me. Yeah. But they say you either go to jail, die, or do it their way. Which yes. is, so I guess if it's, if you're alive and not in jail, you count as like you made it. You know, so those stats are probably all right. I don't feel like I did do it their way. Yeah, I definitely did not. I, mean, I smoke uh, big clouds every day. Yeah, well, I don't, obviously, like we said. That, that was all pretend before. Uh, TC, I wish you wouldn't do that stuff. It's junk. God damn. <laughs> uh, until today, Delta Zero was cool with me, or <laughs> Delta Eight, whichever one. But I, I don't it's know. It's not who, a Delta. It's T-H-C-O. It's not a zero. It's the letter O. 
THCO, mm-hmm. but it's Delta eight, right? Yes. Okay, okay, okay. I wouldn't know. You know, I'm not a junkie. <laughs> <laughs> well, Delta eight's legal. Even the THCO has oh, been illegal. One of them became illegal today. That's got to be T- THCO is the more that's cutting the new one. edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was supposed to be more than regular weed, whereas Delta eight is clearly a little less. Delta eight's less. It's like Bud Light. Yeah. Ooh, that's actually appealing. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know if that's how it works out. I haven't tried it. I I was the Delta the Delta eight. I haven't tried. Have you ever done CBD for real? Not just joking around on the podcast, acting like we're smoking weed, but calling it CBD. Yeah, sometimes. it sucks. Really? It's I've, fucking I, worthless. Really? I I wonder if it's like. Do you think it's like your brain's neural pathways are getting you ready for a THC dump? And then you don't get it, so it's like a, you know, when your plug doesn't come through, basically that kind of dysphoric. It's hard to know. Like, I can see arguments why that this must be false, but what feels true in my heart is that it's just a charlatan scam. Really? They're just giving you oregano and telling you if you buy this from us, it'll be good. What about? See, I, I, that kind of is my instinct, but then I'm like. What about someone that's never smoked weed in their life? Like, do you think they're smoking CBD and they're just like getting groovy, just feeling good, melting into the pillows? I think that you know. I think that it's like a, a placebo. You know, like that they're they're putting themselves into a position where they're like, yeah, I'm ready to really, you know, fucking experience what I assume that they were experiencing when I watched the movie Half Baked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, like, so that whatever they're getting, like, I, I don't know. I I can tell you there's no chemical, like, in there that's real strong that's going to take over. And, like, you know, it's you there's drugs it that I've taken before where I didn't have to ask myself whether or not it was working. Right. Sure, of course. This was not yeah, one yeah. of those. So, okay, so you're like, you're like, am I feeling it kind of? It, it felt like the answer was consistently no. Okay. And, I mean, I've done, I, I don't know, I've done it plenty, like, if it's a rat, like if someone's like, uh, you know, like I, I was, I was with some friends a couple months ago, and someone bought, you know, like just uh, there was, you know, we were walking from bar to bar, and one of the places had like a place that was selling CBD joints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so, like if someone's smoking anything of any kind, like I'm like, yeah, hell yeah, I'll get in that circle. Yeah, okay, okay. Uh, you know, so like I've I've done that place. It's not like I've like just done it once and it didn't work. Okay. I uh, I hit the Skinner box or whatever lever. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know if I'm using that correctly. I don't remember what a Skinner box is. I think I know what you mean. Um, you know, even if the pellet doesn't come out, I'm still mashing that. Button. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, maybe CBD seems like it sucks because you're mashing for a THC pellet and you're not getting it. So you're like, what the fuck is I this have to grant that's pellet? possible. It still feels to me more likely that it's just total bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder. It doesn't really super appeal to me. I mean, like the Delta Eight stuff seems legit. I like I said, I haven't tried Delta Eight, but I, I can tell you the THCO works. THCO, that's like the more couch locky strain. That's what the Dallas Observer article said. Is that right? It, like, I don't know that it was especially big. It, I don't know that it fully lived up to the Observer article. It was saying that it was like a psychedelic, like hallucinogenic. Uh-huh. Somewhat. Right, right, right. I can tell you, I did not have any visual effects. It just okay. felt like a regular gummy. Okay. But like, you know, it felt like a pretty strong gummy. So you ate a gummy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. And I guess this may have changed, but 
as of last week, I could buy them in a store a couple blocks from here, and that's right. fucking tight. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is. I mean, so I wonder when do you think we're gonna actually have like legalized cannabis in Texas? I mean, I don't know. Along. I think that if they flipped the house, it's a decent chance. I think that if they flipped the house in the last election, the chances would have been much better than if the Democrats have flipped the house in a later election. Yeah. Because I think that COVID created specific budget shortfalls that if the Republicans are being forced to choose from an option list that Democrats are comfortable with, then I think that that would have been like the least bad option huh. to raise this revenue. But the Democrats did not win the Texas house. Uh, and you know who knows if whenever they win it again if they win if they do win it in the future if there will be the same budgetary conditions to force right. their hand that way um so i don't know i could see it not happening ever or i could see it happening you know i mean they they could win the house the next election yeah interesting. it's really? not i mean it's not like super far away like there wow. there was polls indicating that they were like a little bit favored last time Obviously, those polls were wrong, or at least, you know, conditions changed after the polls, something. Right, right. They did not come super close to winning it, but it's it's competitive. And the Republicans are not interested at all? That's correct. I mean, every time someone... What's their problem, man? Someone will submit a bill. One of the ones that they were doing at, like, I think they started doing... There was a guy in, like, fucking East Texas, a Republican lawmaker, that would submit a bill that just deleted all references to marijuana from the previous laws uh, like it was easy. just like government regulation is bad take yeah. all of it off the books people can do whatever the fuck they want that's right and uh he has my support yeah i mean i don't know i guess it's like nothing anyone hasn't heard before but i'm like what's the fuck what's the hold up man but like, i don't know dude i'm not trying to blow up anyone's spot but especially with you know it, I'll 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 see if uh, you know the, the local stores agree with whatever interpretation you're talking about. But yeah, yeah, I don't know, dude. Um, I don't I didn't even. Read the I, I'm not just talking about like if you know a dealer. I'm, but I'm also not trying to like make anything difficult. But like, it more or less is legal here. You can buy it in public pretty easy if you want. Yeah, I I don't know about that, man. <laughs> Uh, wait, you talking about Delta Zero, Delta O? No, I'm just talking about weed, cannabis. Yeah, cannabis. I don't know. I on don't the wanna, streets of Dallas. I don't want to like uh, be the guy that brings all of it down. So I actually don't know what you're talking about. I'm uh, not being cute. I mean, like, this is not what I'm talking about, but fucking uh, the laws are all clear. Not like the DA has said over and over that he's not oh, yeah, prosecuting yeah, yeah, small yeah. amounts. And, you know. What's a small amount? Like under an ounce? Uh, I think it's under two. Two ounces? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's how it should be. It's ridiculous. I, I You know, it's time already. But I will say it is not a perfect you know it's it's like anything i i do worry you know sometimes about kids getting into it too early I definitely i got into it too early like it you know i got into it for my own reasons though my trauma yeah uh, yeah the real problem but, is that you're doing things to kids that make them feel like this is an option they should pursue i'd like to fix that first yeah 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 exactly 
Uh, no and, government mandate for that, though. But until I was like 35, I was, I just thought I was a, def a defective who just like sucked because I get into things more and harder than like almost anyone I know. Like, I was like, thankfully I, I've channeled it into employment, you know, at only the cost of all of my personal relationships. <laughs> but, you know, at least that's been useful. But like, uh, you know, and then, I don't know, it's like some of it's innate, I'm sure. But then a lot of it is like, I do think my brain kind of wired itself differently from a pretty young age from various life stressors, including genetic predispositions. Uh, but, you know, I, I do think a lot of like the anger or the like dismissiveness when I first found the concept of like trauma, my trauma, whatever, was internalized like the same society that depended on me being that way. Like that's where the anger comes from of like, get it the fuck out of my face versus like, what are they talking about? Like it, it really does remind me this when I was like, this was like an indelible moment in my upbringing. I was like six years old, seven years old, I think. And uh, I already like was kind of, I wasn't like a tough kid, but like I would, I don't know. I got in trouble a lot. And, uh, but also at, at the root of that, I think is like a, a kid who felt hurt and, you know, felt hurt that people didn't really see him or care that he felt that way, uh, which wasn't fully true, but you know, it's how it feels often when you're a kid. Um, and I remember my friend, I was at his house and he had a little brother, uh, who was like three years old and, uh, we were watching him. And like, uh, he, he was like walking up steps and hit his head and like paused. And he, so he clearly like, it wasn't like an instantaneous I'm crying, but you know how kids will like pause and figure out if they're going to cry or not and mm -hmm. kind of look at other people's faces yeah, and then cry. That was the first time I had like seen that. And he's a little kid, like, and I'm a, I'm a little kid too, but like, as I watched him decide to cry, I was already, I had internalized, like, you got to be tough. And I felt such a contempt for this, like, three-year-old's weakness. And I was just like, this little bitch, like, shut the fuck up. And I, I think part of it was I thought we were going to get in trouble for, like, hurting my friend's little brother when we didn't do anything. But, like, I didn't like that. Like, I remember being, like, six or seven, but after that happened, being like, what the fuck was that like to myself? Like, why were you so pissed off that that kid was crying? And I, I, I don't, I didn't have the vocabulary to be like, it's because I don't feel seen. But I was like, that's not good, dude. Like, whatever you were feeling there, that's a bad version of you. That like doesn't, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I whatever it was, I was like, don't feed that. And I felt. <laughs> It's how, like how's that gone? <laughs> well, it feeds on its it feeds it finds a way to feed. Yeah. You yeah. know. And actually I have fed it or had many times, but not for like contempt for people who are weaker than me and in my charge. I I don't actually feel that way. 
I do think uh, it's interesting for like a corporate management lawyer to say that, but that's a whole different conversation. But like uh, that exact feeling is what I feel bubbling up when I feel contemptuous for like the people who live by Instagram infographics now, you know, like, uh, and there's like a whole industry of like guys in their thirties writing think pieces about how bad it sucks that Instagram infographics exist. And which like, ones are you talking about? You know about Instagram infographics? I have an Instagram account. I share them on, on like sometimes on my story. Like I make it a point cause I think it's like, they're good. Uh, if for the people that it's helpful for it's good and if it doesn't help you should just not care like it should it should i consider it weird but what are you if you get up in arms an infogra- i mean like i've heard the word so I'm- you know on instagram a lot of them it'll be like racial social justice concerns that's an instagram infographic okay so it's like bullet points like here's five things that yeah like so self-help instagram instagram infographic culture is big like so it'll be like yeah here's five things a narcissist will do when you cut them off totally or here's like five ways we look to our partner when we should be looking to our trauma you know or like what like shit like that that's what i'm saying but it's like there's a whole genre of people who are against all of that who thinks it makes all of us weak and it's contemptible and i understand that impulse I do too, but to me, it's like basically the way you, you know, kind of say like at the end of the day, both sides have excesses, but you got to side with the people who are fighting for the, the working man. That's you right. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of how I feel about trauma, trauma culture. Yeah, like one side know. is trying to improve. <laughs> exactly. And so, like, you know, it's like, yeah, in all sorts of ways, like missing the mark, but the mark is like exactly. making so that we can all love each other. It's well said. Yeah, yeah. So like body keeps the score probably is bunk. Like everything is not a trauma response, you know? But I'm siding with the people <laughs> who say that it is. I I like that, you know, I'm glad that they're out there. And I think it's weird. I but I feel it in myself. That's what I'm saying. Like for me, it feels like the same feeling that was like this fucking baby is deciding to cry and he should have just stifled it. What a bitch. You know, honestly, I should push him down the stairs. Like, obviously, I didn't. The kid grew up. He did fine. He became a you lacrosse. Don't know that. No, he became a lacrosse player. So, okay. if anyone feels bad for him, I'm sure you can comfortably hate him now, because he became a collegiate lacrosse player. I don't hate lacrosse players. I mean, I don't either. But obviously, it's a great we, sport. we know a lot of people do. Fun time. I, I'm sadly aware of the mm-hmm. unfair injustices lacrosse faces in this country. I wonder when when their moment will come. You know? Well, you know, um, a lot of big things have been happening in that space. What do you mean? They've had two professional leagues, and they consolidated in a way that the TV profile has never been in a better growth position. Okay. I'm okay. not saying that it's going to take on anything. You know, I'm just saying it's in a bad position, but the position it's in has never been better sure it is now kind of like you could say that about high lie probably you know <laughs> no but i feel like high I they, really they had, had a, a chance peak. yeah 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 they had a little a little heyday i guess like yeah before i was born well you know a uh, local celebrity politician rafael anchia loves high lie 
his father was a professional highlight player. I did not. Know that, that sounds like you're a character in Austin Powers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but yeah, I'm pretty sure. Do you live in Miami? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty cool. I'm I hope I'm not making all of that up. That would be odd. But yeah, the my coworker who I, I only know like I only asked Miami question because I have a coworker or ex coworker, Mike Sroy, some people know him, uh, who grew up in uh in, in the Miami area and would would tell us how big of a deal highlight was. Yeah. And he grew up in the Miami area because his dad was a powerboat racer. He's a professional powerboat racer. That's awesome, dude. <laughs> so yeah, it's all that that feels very like a professional highlight player. For sure. Yeah. The baloncesta. That's <laughs> yeah. that's what the, the handle is called, I think. Okay. It's a wild game, dude. Those those you can die playing highlight. His recommendation of going and watching a match like I, there's somewhere in Miami where you yeah, can like always go I bet and that see high level fucking high wild, being played. Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love to. I bet it's, it's like a little awesome. ball and it's whizzing around there. It's going like 200 miles an hour. And I think that they are. I read an article about how they are renovating and like like it's super decrepit now. But or maybe you know they've since I read the article have really turned things around. Uh, they had like a, a powerboat racing stadium in Miami. Oh, that would be sick! Like dude. there was just stands built on the water. That's awesome. Yeah, the uh, I'd love to. See I know it, I, I talk see about race this. There. I talk about this every week, but uh, the first scene of the Miami Vi- Miami Vice movie. You do talk about Miami Vice every week. That's the first scene of the director's cut. Is uh, powerboat racing? Maybe that's the problem. I didn't see the director's cut. It's, I think it is better, but they're both good. Uh, but, like, you think it's like, oh, this is a big deal, like, or, you know, sarcastically, like, oh, I'm so glad they put in this extra 30 seconds of powerboat racing. Like, this really adds so much to the movie, you know? But we talk about, like, how much did the creator put in? How much are you taking out or whatever? But uh, that, like, 30-second little intro part, uh, I've read the screenplay uh, for Miami Vice. And it's like Michael Mann inputs into the act of racing like cigarette boats or whatever. Like it's like the creation of the universe to him. It's like, he's like in focus, the camera pans in on the bubbles moving through water, creation, circles, spheres, moving between gas and liquid. Like, you know what I mean? It's All just right, like, I'm on board. Let's do it. 10 seconds of film. You know what I mean? But it's like fucking pretty sick. <laughs> like, I like that he's thinking that like all the time. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, if you're into racing power, well, but you know, what is also fucking funny about that movie mm. is like, uh, Jamie Foxx like became more famous during it. So it was like, That's true. He he was in Collateral, and I think that's where they like Michael Mann and Jamie Fox like first worked together. Then he get he get he signs up for Miami Vice, uh, and I think like everyone thinks it's like like the way the Starsky and Hutch re- remake was going to be, you know, but it totally wasn't. Uh, and then so he he gets his Oscar for Ray in between like signing up and filming. And is just like the biggest movie star in the world. He's you know? on Gold Digger. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like he he was crushing. He had that that record that he put out. He's never been bigger. Yeah, yeah. That record is good. Like it's like the best R and B record of two thousand five. Uh, I'll never know. Like I mean, there's some you've heard some of the songs. Like if you heard them, you know, I probably have. Like at the grocery store or whatever. Like Dad, I enjoyed it too much. Anyway, like so he shows up to Miami Vice. He's like, I actually don't fuck with like boats. <laughs> <laughs> he was like very difficult apparently like he was like oh no one told me there were this many boats like in the movie miami vice which uh, a terrible attitude but what's better than boats nothing i would submit he, he doesn't fuck with them dude <laughs> so they had to i think they had to like do rewrites and stuff it's like a famously disastrous like production uh colin farrell went to rehab the day it wrapped fuck yeah we gotta see this yeah fucking awesome man all right uh it is like i like it a lot uh but anyway i don't know oh yeah i guess we're talking about racing speedboats yeah yeah, that's how i lie but yeah 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 uh anyway dude lacrosse that kid he turned out fine but i i understand thinking all of the trauma people are bitches but i'm like i i I try to cultivate the side of me that is like, what part of me am I hiding? What am I, you know, covering up with my dismissive contempt for their weak, pathetic drivel that they sure, yeah, you know? no. Whenever, whenever I do have that visceral dismissive reaction, yeah, it's it's something that feels like an obvious flag for, you know. I don't want to deal with whatever thing that this is presenting to me, so I'm going to be defensive. Yeah. yeah. I, do you follow the holistic psychologist? No. That's that's my right. I'll recommend that to you. Okay. I uh, On Instagram? Yeah, yeah. She she wrote a book. Uh, you know, she's all about self-healing. She's a psychologist, but she, like, I guess got all of her psychology credentials, like, in her old life. And then she had like a, you know, a dark night of the soul awakening period herself. Nicole LaPera? Yeah, yeah, that's her. So uh, Nick Pizzolatto follows her. You'll notice when you go to follow her. Uh, Several people I follow. So she she has good infographics. Including Nick Pizzolatto and AOC follows her. That doesn't surprise me. My wife follows her. There you go. Yeah, she has good infographics uh good like very basically the current zeitgeist of like therapy talk she's she's a very good explainer of it she's like a miniature vox explainer of therapy talk like the current iteration of it uh and she's good at explaining it now she definitely i feel like anybody who's an online guru of any sort banister follows her who's that it's uh jeff banister's daughter Who's Jeff Ask it again? Uh, the Rangers manager. Okay. Former, former Rangers manager. There you go. But yeah. uh, you know, you had a hot daughter, and Jake and I have made a cottage industry of just checking out what she's been doing. Okay, so that's probably traumatic for her. So she probably gets a lot out of holistic. No, I'm just kidding. It probably isn't. If she's on Instagram being a hot, a hot famous daughter, you know. Uh, at some point, part of the someone, I was going to say that we're definitely not hurting her because she doesn't know who we are, but she did 
like start to respond to whether or not she'd come on the podcast. Like she gave Jake a maybe at some point. Interesting. So she so is there you go. Okay. at least aware that someone asked her. Okay. Because I think I think that we like because she definitely was somewhat Dallas based at some point. Yeah, that makes sense. And surely, you know, some of some dude that she was hanging out with would have been enthusiastic about the ticket. That's a guarantee. Okay. Okay. We do well in that kind of crowd. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, maybe she could come on life skills. You she know? should definitely come on life Let's skills. Talk about Instagram infographics. Yeah, I mean I I'd be happy. I I think that it would go well. It just the whole blowout thing, mm -hmm. you know, like the blowout network. Yeah, like ESPN, they call it the car wash when like you come on and you do like each of the shows. Okay, so she could do that guy's Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Go on Dancing with the Stars. What video games you been playing? Talk about it with Trey. Yeah, do the full, dude. you know. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, for sure. I'm assuming. I was gonna say we've only had girl guests. I like that. That's true. You yeah. know, we're that's very progressive of us. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Uh, I'm assuming Katie then went on, you know, Trey's video game podcast. <laughs> I, I haven't checked. <laughs> so okay, she would be great for that. She's she's a big time, well, big time I, gamer. I have been thinking more about Dungeons and Dragons. You know, in general, it's just yeah. been on my mind. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I Is that mean, good or bad? I don't like. I don't care for it myself. But it seems vaguely satanic, which I know worries yeah. you yeah it does a little bit you know but eh, i've been thinking also you know i feel like the last the last podcast we did i did get a little spun up i wasn't being very clear i've done a lot more thinking about you know the occult and art uh and satanism you know as it appears in art nowadays uh so eventually I got to revisit that. Dude, also, I was rude to you on the podcast. I've been meaning to apologize. Don't do that. You were No, you made a really good point. You were talking about the drill tweet. It was two weeks ago. I I would, no, because this. I want to say I, I okay. listened back and I was like, I totally didn't even hear what you said. And I was condescending. I was like, my voice was dripping with condescension as I like talked over you. And you were just saying, if you meditated on the things that are either good or bad tweet, like you could do it for the rest of your life. I do which think is a that's good point. true. Yeah, I totally missed that when I was like, dude, just shut the fuck up, all right? <laughs> like, I mean, I didn't say that, but I was like, oh, that was bad. But uh, I think it was our last time when I was talking about that guy, Jason Horsley. Yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, I've, so I looked into him more, still rocking with him. That podcast is actually, it's over. He ended it. I listened uh, to as much as I could of the episode with the guy you were talking about that said the NASA stuff. I didn't even get to that Oh one. my gosh, dude. So, well, that was, so the basic point I was trying he to make. He started with every publishing house is owned by the CIA, which like <laughs> might not be wrong. No, nah, it's kind of like, true though. It is kind of true. He, cause his, his thing of and he just presents it all like the the not the podcast host the guest that he was talking to yeah 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 um he's like you know i start looking into this stuff and it's like they're all in western europe and like what does that mean <laughs> cia <laughs> i'm like what <laughs> it's not even in america <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. I mean, his like, point, I think, is that, you know, the, the, the Cold War is much more active there. It's closer to Russia. 
You've got Germany, uh, you know, <laughs> sure, currently split. Sure. And so they're just trying to win, you know, CIA is trying to win the war of ideas however they can. They're willing to pump as much money into it as they want. Yeah. And so buying every publishing house makes sense. Well, like, like the Iowa's Writers Workshop is like CIA's all over that. And then that becomes, <laughs> okay. for real, and then okay. that be like they funded it. And they funded a lot of the journals that came out of it. And then that becomes like the elite culture drop, like factory. So they don't have to fund every single writer. Did they that, fund girls? Well, exactly. It's like every single, now Iowa writer, Iowa's writer's workshop is shorthand for like a very mannered, very delicate, like uh, precious style of writing fiction that forecloses like a lot of like, you know, magical realism and science fiction i know i'm sure there are people breaking those boundaries even as we speak but i'm saying that the the mfa culture of writing it really did like i'm not saying the cia had a memo in 1950 being like we are going to curtail the american imagination but it's like that style of writing is dead it's like devoid of of feeling it doesn't inspire or move anybody like it it really and i like good writing like that i like a good turn of phrase the people who come out of those programs and produce good art it seems to me are doing that despite you know that training and they're the main benefit of the programs is they get to spend a lot of time reading and writing you know what i mean like and also it is uh philip k dick has talked about this as well uh the, is he still alive? He's not no, still he alive. Died right? in the eighties. Yeah, okay. yeah. In the eighties. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, bad he died right, right before Blade Runner came out. Okay. Uh, but he it's also too bad he didn't get to see Blade Runner. He had. Uh, I think he well, would have liked it. Pretty sick. Yeah, definitely. Who knows what he would have like? He basically thought he was time traveling into his own work by the time he died. He had a nervous breakdown in nineteen seventy three. That just like he had done most of his work before then. Mm -hmm. uh, and then after that, he just was writing journals about his own work. And he still made other stuff. But Is like, that like public? Like, have you read them? Yeah, it's called The Exegesis of Philip K. Dick. It's like they're so voluminous that the editors have a hard time, like, compiling it all. So I have, like, an ebook, but it's like... But I've had, like, a couple pages of it. It's pretty interesting. It, you can just open it up. Yeah, 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 exactly. And just, like, the first page, he's like, so the Holy Spirit is basically a tachyon moving between past and future that's and that's what man is like the holy spirit is time travel that's Boy, the first really page exactly you know exactly you're just like oh <laughs> <laughs> okay like i'm gonna need 30 minutes to just yeah. kind of sit here probably think more about than that. that yeah 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 so i have it like uh the ebook version but i'm on like two percent you know what i mean like mm -hmm. just because it i just open it up and kind of I view it as like if Philip K. Dick was my friend and I just go over to his house for coffee and just be like, what's been on your mind, dude? And sure. be like, well, I've been thinking about how, you know, monkeys are, you know, probably time travelers or whatever. And then- I don't know if know. he would have liked Blade Runner, you know? I mean, I think he would have appreciated that it was made like- Certainly the one that like was in <coughs> theaters. No one seems to want to stand by that at this point. Yeah, I don't With know. the narration- Oh, I I forgot. I totally forgot that that was in there at all. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, I mean, it's hard to tell what he would have thought. He That I, was one of my last great spasms of uh not having a job. Was Blade I, Runner? Yeah, I watched both of them in one day. I hadn't seen either of them. 
I was just like, today's the day when I'm going to conquer Blade Runner. Just did a lot of reading about it. And uh, yeah, just about like the the director's cut, like how all that came to be. Like they, someone was like looking for something else in the archives and like popped on this. And whenever it popped up and it didn't have the narration, we're like, what the fuck am I looking at? I think that it might have even been that someone found a cut and was and like asked the studio to screen it like somewhere in LA and like they didn't know until that like I don't think they watched it prior to the screening. I think like they were in a theater and like the whole like the whole theater is like holy shit there's no narration. Huh. Uh, Interesting. I don't know. A, a lot is there's definitely like a lot of serendipity and odd happenstance and you know just like it getting preserved in that way. I think the book is a first person narration. I think. I mean, it, I'm trying to be hard to do it otherwise. I mean, I guess you could. I don't yeah. really, I've seen it with the narration. It doesn't bother me. I recently watched it or I just turned it on and kind of just went about my business. Yeah. I mean, this was like a year ago, less than that, that I, that, so I, I, I did not like it so much that I wanted to immediately watch the same movie again with narration. So I, I yeah, can't really yeah. speak to whether or not it has an impact. I thought the 20, Blade Runner 2049 was incredible. I loved it. I uh, I hope they make another one. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it, it felt more like definitely, and if if there was like his visual achievement, like fucking unparalleled. Oh yeah. Um, it was better than the first one story wise, but like both of them, it doesn't feel like that's what we're here to do, and like it's okay. Like if you're just getting a plus or like off the scale like i don't even know like a plus is an insult in like some aspects of it then yeah. like who cares if you do a bad job in other oh, aspects i like the story i thought it was good i think it's a plus all around one of the best movies i've ever i've seen in the last the first years. one especially i feel good standing on that story is pretty subpar oh yeah i mean so i've never really watched it start to finish so i guess i have to agree with you it's cool ideas one thing i think that is cool to think about is dude that uh philip k dick was in a synanon like offshoot program oh yeah and then think about like the confrontational aspects of the blade runner's job like how you determine who's a human and who's oh, not it's basically you're you're attack therapying them yeah, yeah you're just yeah. stressing them out yeah. Like in seeing, you know, breaking Fuck, them down. Dude. Yeah, pretty interesting. Trying to determine your humanity by yeah. fucking stressing. Yeah. And then you yeah. think about the way the Iowa's writers workshop actually works. Cause he was in a writer's group that was like an attack therapy writer's group too. And that's how the MFA culture is, is everyone tears that's apart. That's captured well in the girls' season. Yeah, they just tear each other apart. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. it's like, and then that's what I mean more. Who do, who wants to do when it's that? Like, we got MK Ultra in vibes, dude. Like, the, the vibes go out in the water supply. I really do believe that. I, uh, after, after my, it's not, like, obviously it's a subject of interest regardless. Uh, so I don't want to portray it as this is my only motivation learning about it. But after like the you know fifteenth time that you referenced MK Ultra and I didn't feel like I had a good enough grounds to stand on, I have now started a project of trying to have a comprehensive understanding of what's going on there. Interesting, it's going well. I mean, I don't think I'm far enough along to really, but you know that's coming. Don't we sleep do on Canada. On it. I will say. I mean, I'm, I'm in the middle of a CBC podcast okay, right now, good. my man. Good, good, good. I mean, they're all over it. It is weird where it's like now I'm mad about them trying to fucking they're back in business dude what 
Is that what you're talking about? No, no, just okay. the whole thing of like they they seem to they found a way to make it so that you know fucking Canadians hurting Canadians is because of the real true evil to the south. Fuck off. You're yeah, just okay. as evil as us, except you're fucking lying about it. Yeah. Put that in your land acknowledgments. Yes. You know? Yeah. I've had enough of Canada's, dude. That's what I'm saying. Dude, yeah definitely well that's why i was saying when you were saying like the the jason horsley podcast when the guy was like western europe do i need to say more you <laughs> yeah. know it's like with jason horsley you don't he's like <laughs> no he's he very, definitely did not need like to say more <laughs> fully accepting like he's just like so like the he had he did see it like i i i'd heard your descriptions of like him just like kind of letting him you just let him the thread out kind of i see what you're saying there well, on that it is guy notable even, how much he seems bored by the guest <laughs> Yeah, well, so I, and that was a, a much yeah, more uh -huh. recent one. What are you one. going on about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the uh, anyway, I was laughing because uh, like not to give too much away, but so basically what I was trying to say was I there's like we all swim in these waters of like stories, and there are common elements, and most people put them together in stories that like are in the normative framework, like you're this kind of story or you're that kind of story, but you know what it looks like in our society. You know what I mean? Like, but then there are people who just, because they got fucked up by our society, like they're marginal, even if they're not like, you know, that guy's a, a literary agent. So mm -hmm. he's like successful in some ways, but he's marginal psychologically because of whatever happened to him. And so he's really no different from a Nick Pizzolatto in that he picks out of among the flotsam and jetsam that's like floating through all of our heads, you know, as we like swim in these waters, but he thinks it all happened in his life, you know? And it's like he, but, but it's interesting to me to look at people's lives like that and their accounts of them and be like, what have they made? of these exact same narrative building blocks that exist in my world, but I don't put them together in anything resembling, you know, what these, basically we're all building Legos out of the instructions. They have the same pieces, but don't have instructions. And they put together something wild, like a deranged fortress, you know, that it's like interesting to be like, how does that resemble my that's a great analogy. Place. You yeah. know what I mean? So that guest really spun me up because it was like Texas and like, you know, it's easy to then just throw in like, no one tell this guy about Excel Academy, you know, because it would just like, he would be like, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but I was laughing because like, because, you know, I don't know if you got to the part, but where he was like, and it's all fat oil executives. Like, you know what I mean? And I was like, I don't know. I worked with a lot of oil executives. First of all, not all of them are fat. Like second of all, I don't think there's really like, it's not, certainly it's not an open culture the way this guy is saying, like any oil executive participating in systemic rape of boys in the Houston area has been doing it under my radar. You know what I mean? Like I didn't even, nothing got set off. I'm sure there are abusive men, you know, prowling around, mm -hmm. but then since you know it's been two weeks since we podcasted i watched true detective season two and the whole thing? yeah 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 it's okay. fucking it's good we just spent so much time on one you know i'm like i don't know if it's as good as one 
you know, I, I, I know. You I've don't been, know. I know. I've been riding hard for season two, but like we're gonna do it either way. You can just admit I know. that it's not. Well, that's good. why I'm saying. Like, I may have to just bite the bullet and be like, you know, there's no shame. Godfather one or Godfather two, whichever one you think is better. There's no shame in not being the better one if you're still the good. You know what I mean? Like I do. Yeah. So it's not a knock on season two, but yeah. But there's like a scene where there is like an orgy with like you know trafficked women basically. And it's like the one guy that they use to give like color to the characters at that. He's like, well, you know, I am in the oil business, <laughs> but I do so love to, to be at the sex parties. <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, God damn it. Like, guy was right. Yeah. I mean, clearly, you yeah, know what I mean? About like everything. Picked up on something like that is clearly like there's an archetype in the collective unconscious right now. Of like a sex fiend like oil executive you know it was just i mean they're clearly consumers right like they're the archetype consumer i mean they they're producers though they consider themselves producers. i don't, I don't mean they it consider like everyone in a, else like a buying sense i mean in like a taking resources and yeah yeah like yeah just feeding on them yeah but no but i'm it's funny that you describe them that way because literally i do think in the oil industry they they call it production and they consider it like we're the consumers, not them. You know, they're kind of like keeping the lights on for us while they're the the true heroes. They really do believe this. Like while the environmentalists and, you know, everybody else is just like maligning them. It's like, yeah, you know, there wasn't electricity in the Texas Hill Country until like the 40s. Ask someone what it was like there. You know what I mean? Which I kind of do get it. Like yeah. I don't know enough. I don't know. It's hard to tell. You know, whenever the fracking debate, not I, I want to say a point about the Elon school, and then I want to play yeah, yeah. this video, and yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. how long we've gone on. Uh, yeah, dude, we're in the dark in this new setup. I kind of like it. <laughs> nice. No, yeah, we can't see yeah. how long we've been going. So I, I, you know, I, I don't want to do seven hours or anything. True. Um, but I was about to make a point, and I don't remember what it Elon was. Elon school. Oh, whenever. Uh, no, it wasn't even that one. Um, Whenever like fracking was a big national debate, yeah, which you know it continues to be, but it's it's not the top of mind in the way that it was a short time ago. I just need a Matt Damon movie to tell me what to think. That's right, yeah. Um, I, uh, I I really wanted to like just to your thing of like the the oil producers viewing themselves as the heroes of society, like. I am in some ways primed to join them in that, you know, um, as a podcaster. Well, no, just just I like yeah, I, I do feel like we're as an intellectual, right you know, like, okay. like I, yeah, I, I'm, yeah. I'm fucking. Yeah. You know, it's it's better to produce oil in America than rely on other countries for it. Like, oh, I see what you mean. There's okay, a lot okay. going on there, you know. Like, I would love to not be tangled up in the various conflicts of the Middle East. I don't know why that mm -hmm. concerns my life, but fucking people I know have been sent there the entire time. I've been fucking. But let me you ask know, you this: Yeah, adult, yeah, yeah. So. But let me ask you: This just occurred to me. Uh -huh. I don't mean to interrupt you if you're going off. Uh, you can, I, I'm interested to hear what you guys say. But I, this just occurred to me because I was like, yeah, yeah, true, true, true. I agree with you, but then I was like. All right, if there is a bunch of oil out there, we got to have it, dude. What do you mean? We literally can't let someone else control that oil. I mean, we pretty much do right now, dude. China is getting like 80% of what's going through the that Strait of Hormuz. That gets my blood boiling. I mean, 
I mean, I actually, I see, I don't actually know enough about this, but that's what I'm saying. Like, if you run a country where it's like you want to, you run the, the most powerful country or the one that considers itself to be, and then it's like oil makes you powerful, like the ability to control it for sure. So I exact that's what I would be worried about. Like if back in the day or whatever, like uh, even if we had enough fully to power the United States, I would still be like, we need to control the Middle East because otherwise China will get it, Russia will get it. The Middle East. I mean, like we do still it. like militarily have control of that. Like he, this was a Trump thing, I think, um, of just he's like, you know, why are we footing the bill yeah. of protecting this area of so that there can be a free flow of oil that we're not even using? And you know, the counter argument is like you do kind of control the area. Like if you wanted to choke off China tomorrow, you have that option because all of your shit's there. But he actually, so I think uh, this is actually- I don't know where to fall on that. Well, the just, thing- Those are the two sides. I feel like they're, yeah, that makes sense. But I feel like uh, the thing I just said, actually, is, it's not how I actually believe, mm -hmm. but it like makes sense if you think about how someone would be thinking in that position, I think. But like, I think Trump in some ways was like, it was, it was a transition- it, it, you could call it a managed decline, but I think it's just a change. You know, good for some people, worse for others, probably worse for more than the people who are doing well. But uh, it does seem like it's like, uh, you know, like Bannon talks about the globalists or whatever. I don't mean that like in a pejorative way, but if you look at the actual elites that I do go to Davos, they they're they have much more in common with each other than they do with like their fellow Americans, mm -hmm. you know, the ones that are American. And they are a separate class, like the the international global elite financial class. And so America kind of represents that, like that's what our flag kind of represents. We do the bidding of that s social structure. Um, the elites, you know, the international elites definitely with our financial structure, our education system, uh, the companies that you know use our country as a tax haven, use our resources, like they're they. The United States is involved, you know, obviously, but it's no longer synonymous with the United States. And so, and I like that. There's a comfort, you know, in doing business with the Chinese or other countries, Russia, whoever, where it's like it's kind of like a throwback. It's weird. Like there's so many law firms here in Dallas that that represent Russia. Like you know Gazprom, the like national oil yeah. company. Like uh, there was a big scandal here in town. A law firm was representing Gazprom in litigation against like mineral rights holders mm -hmm. involving like I want to say like Ukrainian oil fields, mm -hmm. but for whatever reason it was in federal court here in Dallas, and uh, there were it's you odd. know. Yeah, and so, well, it has to do with like how jurisdiction lies over the various contracts and service agreements. Like, is it a and, company that's like filed here or something? I no, I mean, Gazprom is like Putin's Exxon. Like, they Russia owns it, you know, the way Pemex is owned by Mexico. Uh, okay. But it's like they have to do business with oil development companies that are based in America, including okay. ones that are based in Texas. Mm -hmm. So it's like... Gazprom owns oil fields in the Ukraine that, or I don't even know enough about geopolitics, but like oil, say Georgian oil fields that they just took over. 
Mm-hmm. Like you're reading in the in the newspaper about how Russia's anti-democratic, blah, blah, blah. And it's some Dallas firm saying actually this is fine. Well, I'm saying it doesn't even really, it's weird to, it, no one cares. Like no one's like, hold on, as an American, I can't do this. If anything, if they're a big law firm what and they're sophisticated. I mean, that's what all you folks are drilled for. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's because like the, I'm I'm not, saying this is a, a good or a bad thing i'm part of this group or i was uh you know i'm still a lawyer they are trained to serve their clients and their clients are international companies that are just doing business in america like the in the supreme court in the last 10 20 years has made it more difficult to sue companies in federal courts in the united states like for international conduct i believe that uh, yeah, so it's like it's all up in the air. But my whole point is like a law firm here forged evidence, like I think for Gazprom. Oh, shit. Yeah, it was like, and uh, I wish I, they hadn't done that. <clears throat> I know, I don't know the guy, like I've met him, okay. but uh, I used to work with his wife, the guy that found it, he like the associate oh. that was like, they went to trial, which almost never happens. So they told the judge, like they introduced the evidence at trial. Uh, where they had doctored journal articles about like oil production and uh, the like graphs didn't line up. Like it should have said figure one and it said figure three. And he was like, what? And then he just like kept pulling until it turned out like their whole case was based on a fabrication. Uh, But it's like, that was the scandal. That's how I was like, huh. So I guess law firms are just representing Russia. Yeah, that was not the scandal. (laughs) No one cares. We're fine with that. that, But that's how I found that out. But if you lie in the course of doing this clearly evil thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, and then later I worked at a, you know, a different law firm that I had nothing to do with it, but we represented some branch of some other government and some, you know, the media was not. There was like insinuations like because it was like Trump era. So they were like, these people are like the Trump of Europe. So like looking for clicks, it didn't go anywhere. But again, it's like, what really happens when you get that call, you're not like, as an American, I must do my civic duty and not help you. You're like, wait, is this against the law for me to help you? Because I know there are laws now, like there's like bribery laws. And like, basically, if other countries have loose laws, the way like, if you go to Costa Rica, there are signs in the airport that are like, do not sex traffic. You'll get, you go to jail in America for it now. Like if we find out you were doing it down here, if you're American, America will put you in jail. Uh, we have that for bribes or like international malfeasance okay. too. So like you need to be careful if Russia wants you to represent them or like some weird Russian company or whatever. Uh, but it's like the culturally no one is really American anymore. They're serving global capital. Like when you're like at the elite level, it sounds like I'm saying that as if that's bad. You know, I'm just saying it, that's how it is. Uh, We're in America, you have to follow their laws. But the same way, like with labor issues, like I used to represent companies that were in 40 different countries. And it's like almost all of them had much stronger labor protections than ours like, which is weird to think about, but, and a lot of them were based in Europe or whatever. And they, it's like weird when they come here and you're like, they want to do their regular practices. And like, at first I would be like, you don't have to do that. Stop doing that. Like you're, you're being much nicer than you have to be. 
like because an american company would be mad like if i let them you know build in so much protection and time off and stuff like that because none of it's required here but it's just like the culture there they they've already been taken over by like the progressive pro-labor interests the way certain industries here like i would get frustrated if uh you, you go into publishing say and then you you want advice about like oh they want to unionize or whatever it's like bro like did you look at this industry at all like newsrooms have been unionizing left and right for the past 15 years like it's the most prevalent high profile like pro labor organizing trend in recent memory you just have to consider the fact that for you you live in western europe like you live in scandinavia you might be headquartered in houston but you've chosen an industry that has scandinavian labor protections culturally i don't want to hear it dude like i'll advise you but it like it doesn't animate me like we have to take this down you know what i mean it like it frustrates me on the same way autistically i'm like what did you think this was like i don't know it's just uh I feel like I'm really rambling at this point. I'm gonna stop. <laughs> but uh, well, my, my my point about the fracking thing was yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that I I I can see to the benefits of what they're doing. You know, like I I see the underlying truths of the myth they're trying to spin of uh, you know the people who are making our society go. And on some level, I you know in, in kind of like the same like autistic way of like. Does it matter? Like oil production is a messy business, and the fact that it's now hurting people in North Dakota rather than people in Saudi Arabia doesn't feel like a difference to me because people were being hurt in either case. And mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. trying to tell me that now it's bad because it's people that are kind of closer to you, like right. that seems like bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so like I'm, I'm, I could see towards a way where like I, I watched like there was uh, two big documentaries they both on HBO. Like there was one, and then it was its sequel. That people were all big on. Uh, I don't remember the the titles, but surely you saw some tweets about them ten years ago or whatever. Okay. Um, and uh, the whole time I was like, "This is what they got. What the fuck is this?" Yeah, yeah. Um, but in the end, I just like uh, they don't. The actual people doing the oil production will not allow you to make these arguments because they are themselves too bad, too evil. Like they just go <laughs> too far. Like. A decently regulated uh, oil product, you know, like fracking sphere, uh, is fine. That like where all the people involved in the industry, um, like take seriously the rules that are being handed down. Uh huh. Uh, that's fine. But it is like just blindly apparent that the people who are actually doing it don't give a shit what the regulations are they're gonna dump the water in your kid's fucking school and like uh they don't give a shit if your kid gets cancer in fact you know in some ways you kind of seem like a whiny person you you kid probably deserves cancer yeah like so yeah i don't know it's yeah I know, I know the feeling you're talking about or like the vibe for sure i mean i uh yeah that's i don't like that man i don't like it at all yeah I uh, I understand how it happens. And, uh, you know, even as you, we sat here talking about those guys, I was like, those guys are probably getting cancer too. Uh, Most likely. But, and probably in their own hearts, it's just like we were talking about where they're like, I'm getting cancer. You don't hear me fucking whining about it. You <laughs> sure, know what I mean? Sure. But it's like, yeah, you're just being a dickhead your entire life. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, it, it does. I mean, I know here we had the earthquakes, I guess. You know, it seemed like that was new. Uh, I mainly interpreted that as fun and exotic. I mean, it was wild when they started happening. I remember like, yeah. oh, this is a new one. No, we were pretty close. I mean, like uh, Megan, I, but I, I felt one of them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I remember. Yeah, I felt like one. The old house was, was near the epicenter. Really? Yeah, like that. Uh, like they were kind of over by Cowboy yeah, Stadium, true, I think. True. Yeah, like around 2010. Like. Or uh, Texas Stadium, excuse me, not Cowboy Stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Irving, not Arlington. Right, right, right. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, no, and uh, University of Dallas, where I attended, um, I know that they they own a lot of the land around the school. Like they owned a uh, like good portion of the parking lots of uh, Texas Stadium. Yeah, like, you know, just in the way that land. any large institution would, they're gobbling up as much as they can possibly get. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And so they own a lot of the stuff across 114 from the campus. And that's all like undeveloped land behind uh, Harry Hines. And uh, I'm trying to remember. I, I'm pretty sure that like they allowed fracking on that. Like, I think that was it. Like, I think oh, it was my man. school being like yeah sure you can cut like this institution of higher a catholic institution of higher learning like you know the the people like that are representing themselves to me is like the literal moral authority yeah are like you know going to the meetings with the the guys who are like yeah fucking earthquakes who gives a shit keep going yeah let's get biblical up in here yeah yeah interesting stuff Um, so my point about the Elon school podcast was I was very appreciative of the way that they, I think that the, they do plenty of like detailing the worst incidents kind of stuff. Okay. And it's an obvious move. You know, I mean, like you and I have both read plenty of things about TTI, the troubled teen industry. Sure. Sure. Of course. Um, that's, you know, what most of it is. And so they, they do that stuff, but they also spent some time, like I, I hope this has come across, and I, th- I think it has in what we've done so far, um, that what's impactful and interesting about stuff there is the day-to-day life. Like it's not, it's not like what the one big splashy incident that you could like make a movie about or like a, you know, a big TV show like that, that's not the stuff that lives with you or that you should take away from it. They're the things that continue, like the lingering effects are not created by those incidents. The lingering effects are created by the basic like situation, whether you're in trouble or not, like just the conditions you're living in constantly. Like uh, the worst, yeah, yeah, sure. The worst time for me, uh, I would say pretty definitively was not the worst punishment they gave me. I, there's a specific moment I can recall yeah, I got there on a Friday. I've probably talked about this on the podcast before, but let me uh, describe it again, the purpose of making this point. Um, I got there on a Friday. So like then I was kind of just in shock the whole weekend. Um, then like went to a week of school. Then the following Saturday, I wake up and I'm like, it's the weekend. I know my entire life I've been programmed that like the weekend means good things and I'm <laughs> going to enjoy myself. And I know the full menu of options and there is nothing, not a single thing I will do today will bring me joy. 
And this is going to be every weekend for as long as I can like imagine, as long as I have the capacity to like see to. Like I had no idea how to conceptualize what 18 months from now was. So <laughs> effectively for the rest of my life, yeah. the, there's not going to be another joyful Saturday ever again. Yeah. And that's not, you know, like you can't, you know, portray on film the way like, you know, the, the them yelling at you or having to dig a hole or, uh, you know, in the, the Observer article, to good effect, they, uh, you know, describe the incident of uh, the girl, you know, being forced to like have her feet in the water. And, you know, oh, like yeah. That kind of stuff. I meant to ask you something about huh. that. Yeah, yeah. I definitely wasn't there for that. I don't, I don't have any. No, there was something, uh, I don't mean, you're making good points, so I don't mean to derail you. Well, I mean, that, that's the point, you know, it's just like, and they just, they did, they, I was appreciative that that podcast did include some nodding at that of like, like they were talking about how, uh, the state of Illinois at one point, um, if you have more than 10 wards of the state, then like you're open to inspections from the state of Illinois. It's oh. so like they had 10, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so the, they showed up and this was the first time that Elon <laughs> had ever had like a random spot check. Can you imagine? I cannot. And it made Although me, I think I would have been like, it's good. I would have fully, I wouldn't have been like, this is my big chance. I think I was already beat down enough that I would have been like, this isn't going to be shit, dude. And like, I mean, you would have been walking the inspectors around explaining to them the for fact sure. we're doing great work here. I would have, yeah, I mean, probably. I don't know that I would have been allowed to do it by myself. But again, no, if, it would have been you and two other kids, but exactly, you're one of them. dude. And then it's like, if anybody tried any shit on that visit, like I wouldn't have trusted the other two kids. You know what I mean? Like the best you could do is kind of be like, oh, and there's this, you know, here's where we play soccer. There's the sewage field. But there you were know, times like that. that the stuff that they were proud of that they wanted to show to the outside, like they didn't realize how deranged it came True. off. And I would have been interested, like, you know, dinner theater is an interesting example. Like a True. certain kind of person watches all that and is like, I got to get out now. Yeah, yeah, true. Very <laughs> you true. know, Very and like true. it's not enough of them because most, because like the parents did come in. Like, I don't know of a single kid whose parents pulled them out because of dinner theater. But True. Uh, I don't think my, I'm glad mine never saw dinner theater. Like, I don't think they would have liked it. Mine but, looked forward to it, dude. Yeah, they, I mean. They would ask when we were doing it again. Wow. That would, I don't know what I would think if my parents said that, just because you don't know my parents. And I mean, but you know, as a kid, like I was gleeful to tell them. It was exciting to me that there was something I was doing they were excited about. Yeah. And so like, even though I hated this entire thing, like in that moment, I was like fucking, hell yeah, I'm so glad we're doing dinner theater, you know? Sure, sure. Um, okay. But, uh, but yeah, so they they were talking about this, uh, you know, the, the spot inspection. And so they, they took back the Illinois kids. Like as a result of this inspection. Oh, shit. And then there's a real fucked up thing where uh, Illinois does, does this report. Elon is within these circles, like a notable school. So it caused right, some right. waves yeah, that they yeah. had this report that yeah. described accurately the things they were actually doing. Uh -huh. uh, and Elon's way of handling this was state of Maine came in for an inspection you know, right. the state where they're paying giant taxes. Right, right, of course, uh, yeah. And they thoroughly discredited the accurate statements made by the Illinois See, report. that's what I would expect. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like- Fucked up. If an inspector came, I would be like, these people have the police in here all the time, dude. Yeah. Like, no one gives a shit about us. 
But uh, like, they did take back the kids. Uh, and then several, I think the majority of the kids that Illinois took back came back to the school. Whoa. Like on their own accord. And uh, just the guy's point about that was whenever, like, whenever you break a someone so bad that they can't live in, like, outside of the brokenness that you created, like, of what other choice do they have? Sure. Sure. And I think that we could see that play out in the lives of a great many of our classmates. Definitely. And, uh, you know, that, that was the kind of insight that I was really appreciative of and was glad that it was included in that podcast. Sure. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. Another level of understanding deeper than, like, you know, what's the headline incident? Yeah, I think that's good. Yeah, yeah. I think that's very true. I mean, I my brain definitely organizes my life around like incidents. Uh, so I, there are big incidents that I can still think of. Sure. But I think you're right that there's... And whenever like, you're trying to describe it to someone, that's always what I default to. It's like, what do I think is the punishment that's going to seem most flashy to them? And I'll tell them about that. Yeah. Because other than doing a, a multi-hour podcast, how do you explain like... And even well, that, you know, I it kind of fucked up how I see everything. <laughs> I don't think we've even done it like fully, yeah. like because there is a thing on the website, um, and I remember this because it was from the brochure. Like some of the website content, the first version of the Excel Academy website was from the old Excel Academy like parent handbook brochure. Sure. Uh, and in one of them, a girl wrote about like a typical day at Excel, and it is a, like you're like. Even, she's trying to be nice it's kind of like you say but it's like i don't think we've ever fully communicated like you wake up already probably someone is at least telling someone else what to do or not to do something like among your peers like just i in mean the room. one of the most aggressive transgressions committed against me is the sound of those fucking lights Oh, in the, the fluorescent ones, like in the quad dorm? They're like, Rah. I hate like, that sound yeah, yeah, so yeah. much. Like, <laughs> yeah, I can hear them now that you say that. <sighs> yeah, 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 exactly. And then it's like feet on the floor. You know what I mean? Or it's yeah, like yeah, somebody's someone's yelling, yelling at, at you. you. Hey, it's been two yeah. minutes or whatever. You got to get your feet on the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, I had that job. I had to spray people with water. Oof. Uh, it was fun. yeah what are you doing to your soul alex that was totally fun to me i didn't mind it at all but uh yeah just like the low just the grinding down of like just the like what every single thing is like it sucks and you're being beat down yeah it's a whip man uh oh that's what i meant to say like uh I listened to one of the IJBs where you guys were talking about something about Excel. Okay. It was definitely the one where you said you weren't there for the ice thing. Okay. But then you said you weren't there for some other thing. So I wish I remembered now. I'm not doing a good job. Can you think that I was there for it? Whatever it was, you were like, I don't, it was either like you, I think you were like, I don't think they did that. And in my head, I was There's like. holes, I think. No, 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 because you said they did dig holes. Yeah, right? I was there for it, but not yeah, the bulk yeah. of it. Yeah, no, it oh, wasn't the, that. the, uh, the uh, septic? No, I think I'm remembering now, because I was like, they did do it, but then it was like, I think maybe what you were talking about was a little different. You guys were talking about like making people eat something nasty or something? 
uh well the the elon school they would like dump like piss and cum on people yeah yeah that's what it was that's what it was yeah so you were like they didn't do that at excel and until you said piss and cum like because you were just for the beginning of the anecdote you were you got it was just like they dumb nasty stuff and i was like yeah no definitely i was there for tons of that but then you were like piss and cum i was like oh (laughs) okay they didn't so i'm not saying they did that nasty stuff did they dump i don't know well one time dude this was really kind of weird and not traumatic for me but it it's weird to just see someone just dehumanize another person yeah it was really when jamie i'm not even kidding she's so fucking suggestible uh, this is why I had such an issue with Rogan for such a long time, you know, but he won me over. <laughs> I love him. But like when she started watching fucking Fear Factor too much oh, God. and she yeah, started yeah, like yeah. working God. it into the punishments. She is so suggestible. <laughs> like, it's like if it didn't wreck the lives of everyone I went to high school with, it would be I know, it's fun. It's, it's like Michael Scott so kind of, you know what I mean? Dude, but, she has such strong Michael Scott energy. Yeah, dude. But she's like a sociopath. I'm going to start a school, and then that way I will have a million friends. Literally, yeah, exactly. And so, like, she would make people eat, like, nasty stuff, like the way Fear Factor would. Yeah. And then uh, one time one of the kids, one of the sex kids, you know what I mean, like, who was there for behavior issues uh behavior around sex yeah 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 yeah. he had been like working all day like the way they would make them Mm -hmm. and he was in the kitchen and dino had basically told him uh or duncan or somebody he was doing he was not breaking any rules Mm -hmm. and it was late at night after like a big crisis meeting or whatever and uh he was in the kitchen making himself a tuna sandwich like he was so beat down he, he, you could tell him, go in the kitchen and make yourself your punishment food. Mm-hmm. And he could, he would do it. He mm-hmm. wouldn't like sneak the other food or like anything. So he was just in the kitchen making himself like a regular tuna sandwich, putting the fucking relish on it, you know, the way they, you had to do it. Uh, for the new listener, that was a common punishment at Excel was having to eat and being on a food restricting diet, half portions at times, or just tuna fish at every meal. Uh, so yeah, I don't know what relish you're talking about. It's usually just the fucking tuna. Like they, it's not tuna salad sandwiches. It's tuna. Well, so yeah, so there was okay. That that's an interesting point. So this kid, I don't know if there was a change or if this related to it or what. He was definitely putting relish in because I was walking with Jamie. Yeah, I mean, you know, it did come and go. Like, he wasn't making it nasty, like, as hell. Mm -hmm. But I think tuna is nasty, so I'm describing it as nasty. Yeah, I've never had a good one. uh, You know, he's putting mayonnaise, relish, and canned tuna fish Mm -hmm. in the sandwich. And uh, fucking... So I'm walking... Terrified of what comes next. Yeah, so I'm... it's, It's like late at night like probably like 10, 11 midnight, something like that. Like we're all in the wind down phase. Jamie's already yelled at a bunch of people and punished people and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, but he wasn't really part of it, but he's in such a like crosshairs moment. It's like, she sees him and it's just like, her brain is like, I can abuse this guy and like dominate him. And just, you know, like that clearly releases feel good chemicals to her. Yeah. Um, so she just sees him. I don't they, even think I remember. Like that was such a commonplace thing that I I doubt I could ever. I I know that like that stuff's just not in my memory anymore. 
the number of times she would just casually yeah like i the number of like atrocities like that that i've forgotten i feel is high yeah so i agree and for whatever reason this one is not even close to the worst the worst one to me was whenever she would make girls stand up and tell like about being raped or like being sexually abused <sighs> to in front of the whole school including like perverted guys i don't uh, recall that happening too many times but i think that awful. was a more early too maybe yeah but uh surely the private equity people told her that was ill-advised i think so and then when she had everyone write down like their deepest darkest secrets and then they just left the notebooks like lying around so <laughs> the kids found them and then we're like laughing at That's like yeah, people's yeah. trauma yeah uh wow. that was not cool in my opinion but uh anyway so this kid is not bright either you know what i mean he's at excel for jerking off too much wasn't uh, cool they left him around i'm not here to condemn my friends no i know i well i i'm friends with one of the kids who did it i've I told him how i feel okay you know. uh but actually i don't know if we're still friends i think i'm okay i'm blocked but probably don't need you to know. hash that i'm airing it all now. out it's, uh, it's been two weeks uh but anyway so she's like she sees him and she's like she gets that like glint in her eye you know what i mean and she's like what are you doing you know and he's just like I'm I'm making I'm making myself a sandwich. And she's like, "What? You're not allowed to do that." And she's just like fucking with him. You know what I mean? Like, you know when someone's bullying someone and they're acting nice, but there's no right answer, like you're not going to actually win ever. Like they don't want you to. It was like that. So she just uh she's like being like playful and like talking to him. And you know how she thought she was funny, but she's not actually funny, but she mm -hmm. thought she was. In a very Michael Scott way. Like, exactly. Like that time when she was like, this isn't a democracy. Like someone was like, yeah, it's a dictatorship or whatever. And she said, yeah, you're the dick and I'm the, the tatorship. Mm -hmm. And then repeated it to new staff members as they came in the room. Like, <laughs> you should have heard the joke I just said. Here, I'll tell you again. <laughs> like, it's not funny. <laughs> like, there's not even, there's mm -hmm. no pun it's not clever the word dick appears like that anyway but so it's like this is someone who is not as funny as she thinks she I is said. exactly and she's like so it's that same kind of vibe and she just keeps saying like you can't make you a sandwich why who makes you a sandwich and she's just like putting stuff in a bowl like in this like huge like you know those industrial mm -hmm. like bowls yeah and she's just like and then she's like getting ketchup, like she's getting new stuff. And she's just like, who makes you a sandwich? And she kept saying it like that. And I was like, oh my God, she's about to like bully, make a pun out of this kid for bullying, you know? And he's not bright. So like, I mean, I don't mean to dog this guy. If you're listening, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the other sex kid. <laughs> uh, but he doesn't get what she's saying. It's a play on, I'm going to make you into a sandwich. So that's what she was getting at, which I didn't really get at first myself even. But she what starts- What is, I'm going to make you a sandwich? So she starts oh. taking food products and just like, you know, like pouring them on his head, like from her bowl- or just from their containers on his head so she's just like putting mayonnaise all over him like breaking eggs on his head pouring ketchup all over him Jeez. and she just keeps saying who makes you a sandwich and then at, like finally she was done and she took his bread and like puts it on top of him 
Like in other words, I'm ma I made you a person into a sandwich because you're there's food all over you, uh -huh. and now there's bread on top of you. Yeah, I don't you. know if I get it. So you're a, you I make you a sandwich. That's the the big yeah like and then so it's just us three in the kitchen for like 20 minutes of this like while this is going on so like i'm kind of like i didn't have it in me and it was late at night and it my relationship with her wasn't quite so sycophantic that i had to be like doubled over laughing but i definitely like i mean furthest thing from the possibilities for you to say hey you're kind of being fucked up here oh obviously never even occurred to me like, yeah. to be like jamie that's enough <laughs> like i mean not even it's funny to even suggest that also i was like 16 years old uh and she could do the same thing to me uh but anyway it's not like i like i was just like this is really fucked up but like i felt bad for both of them because i was like this isn't funny like this isn't clever this isn't like you're just this is like really as a connoisseur of yeah, the she's form, trapped in her own stupidity exactly dude it's like this is bad bullying dude you know what i mean like bully better like it just i don't know it was like very this is as good as her dumb life can get exactly it's just like pouring relish on a kid you know i mean make you a sandwich First of all, you only put one piece of bread on him. Like you got, uh, <laughs> you're gonna make him stand on another piece. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't know. It was just very pathetic. Yeah. Uh, but I did think that you know, obviously, she wasn't like, now Alex, come on him. Like you know, that would have been that's good. Kind of extreme. That she didn't do that. Probably would have shared that story by now. Too far. <laughs> Too far. I think I would have not been able to. Yeah. You know like which opens the possibility that it did happen and you're just not able to... <clears throat> she did not say no alex come on him no she but didn't. if she had you wouldn't tell us no i think i would tell you okay if she was like nah, don't yeah that would be i think but i'm saying i don't think i could get aroused ejaculate okay, yeah, yeah you know yeah, i mean like 16 yeah i know i mean that's why i'm not fully saying i know i couldn't have <laughs> like i'd be like i mean is there cable in the office <laughs> you know can i get some help uh anyway but yeah so uh i god knows how long this is um, I know, right? and now this is not a short clip and i i don't know if i'm gonna be trying to catch lightning in a bottle here but um one of our former classmates uh he operates a a youtube channel and he posted this on the channel and i saw it and i i dropped everything and watched it and was enchanted i i, I don't know it's not the right word but like just it seemed like such a, a rich text interesting document okay. that i i felt like i really wanted you know for just you and me to sit together and record our reactions to watching this and just see how that went and maybe i'm wrong about whether or not that's interesting uh but maybe i'm right you know and Let's the upside is worth it okay um so you know i mean this entire thing like what's great about this on many levels is, is how truly bizarre it is <laughs> um so when when this guy was there hold on can i ask a question real quick yeah, yeah yeah i have we already gone through whether i was there when this guy was there i thought you said that you'd like caught him at the tail end okay that kind of is my 
general sense, but I'm not full confident on Like, that. I would have guessed that you did not overlap, but it's also possible. Like, your story of, like, you, like it was a couple months before you left, that is plausible. I'm also wondering, maybe I met him when I came back to the school. Also possible. You know? Anyway, okay. That's all I, that, I just was um, wondering. But, yeah, just whenever he was there, he was a normal-sized guy. Regular size, kind of skinny. Not he's, skinny, but... And he's shorter than average, I think. Yeah, I would say so. Um, See, and I don't know exactly do when this happened, but he's like Jay Cutler, the bodybuilder, not the quarterback, ripped now. I didn't know there was even a bodybuilder named Jay Cutler. I think he's like world's leading bodybuilder or okay. something. But he's, okay. he's Hulk Hogan ripped. Okay. This not, dude's I meant uh, Schwarzenegger. For some reason, I was thinking Hulk Hogan. I feel like Schwarzenegger was more ripped than, than Hulkster. Would you agree with that? Schwarzenegger was Pete definitely Schwarzenegger. more ripped yeah, than Hulkster. Yeah, yeah. yeah without yeah. a doubt. This dude's more ripped than Hulkster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can we say his name? I mean, he's got a YouTube channel that we're watching, right? Or, I mean, I get, but I, I defer to you're the one who says that we can't say the names of living people. So I'm trying to be respectful well, I don't of your like, rule. I don't like the idea of like I do. He think didn't it's like submit this to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying like, but he. I haven't talked <clears> to him. Is he publicly an alum of Excel Academy? I mean, in the story, it's clear enough that he's willing to be transparent about his past. But I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. Yeah. Well, anyway, I, I guess I don't really care that much in this case. I mean, like, I feel fine like saying the title of the channel and shit. Yeah, like, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, yeah, I guess I do too. Like, you know, YouTubers want views. I think. Yeah, general. yeah, yeah, and yeah. The by way, all like, means, watch this. If Paris video. Hilton went to our school, I wouldn't be like, we can't say Paris Hilton's name. You know well, I mean? would you before she made the documentary? Yes, I. Bef well, she was still. I don't know enough about how public she was before the documentary, but I mean, I had never heard that she did it until yeah. I mean, but all you got to do is documentary. Google. Like, if she went to our school, we would know. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Like, so if she were publicly, like, even pre-documentary, saying, if there I wonder were if there's interview, any notable people that went to our school, maybe we should check the wiki. <laughs> Um, i mean this dude should be on there too i think yeah yeah no got more subscribers than me not we, close we should not be on there though because until well, we start being youtubers again i don't think podcasters deserve to be on wikipedia but i don't agree with that uh, once we start we are going to start filming again listeners i know i've said this plenty of times but yeah i can't wait one of a series of things where you should wait till you see it before you believe it <laughs> yeah, alex aspirations on, but um but yeah so so this guy this guy is hugely jacked um i i don't know i i, I don't know how much more to set this up or like i, I just with all, every time something like this comes up i want to be delicate because i you know you I've made the mistake before, not on this podcast, but in my podcasting career in general, of saying things, assuming that the subject wouldn't hear them, and then feeling mortified that they did. And I don't think that I really, like, it's not like this guy ever did me wrong. I don't have, like, any, you know, like, personal, uh, you know, I mean, like, yeah. he was a funny enough guy. We weren't, like, super close, but I don't recall having any problems. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. But just, this isn't even an Excel story, but he did go to Excel. We have a shared understanding of him. We also have a shared understanding of, you know, um, somewhat carceral situations. And so yeah, so he's he's got a YouTube channel 
where he reviews supplements that will make you swole and like equipment that will make you swole. It's called the Garage Gym Homie. Garage Gym Homie. He's on Instagram too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, And uh, he's the when we knew him was from the Detroit area and I believe has returned eventually. I think that all these are, I think he's filming this in his suburban Detroit backyard. Okay, okay. Um, Yeah, so I'll just, we can start and stop this as you would like, uh, but I just just wanted to watch this with you and see what happened, okay? Okay. (laughs) I've never seen this guy's content. (laughs) Already incredible. (laughs) He's got a title card. What up, what up? It's Garage Gym Homie. Today, <laughs> I'm talking about my experience. For the people who were at Excel that do listen to this podcast, they are like, what a distinctive voice. So I'll never forget, like, if, if he called me on the phone and like it was like a block number or whatever, and it was him that picked up, I'd be like, oh, you son of a bitch. I That's it. That's funny, man. Just what a distinctive. <laughs> I mean, it is distinct. And it's also funny, like, uh, he's so jacked. He's hugely but, jacked, but like obviously he has the same face. His face is exactly like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if anyone else has ever had the experience of someone they knew before they were jacked getting jacked. Yeah, it's, it's fucking insane. weird, dude. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah, I mean, like, he's very prominent ears. <laughs> yeah. That, like, yeah, he yeah. can get as jacked as he wants and they're still going to be prominent. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, yeah. it's just, it's fucking. I mean, I guess, you know, hats off to him. I mean, Most he people want to be that fit. And we kind of have the same head. I yeah, think. yeah, like, a just bit. the rest of our bodies diverge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but you know, with enough uh, workouts and, and, and yeah, creatine dude. or whatever. I mean, and his backyard looks good. I mean, good outdoor furniture, the good cushions and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is already. I'm loving this video. <laughs> I'll, like, uh, I do wish maybe the listener could see him, but just check out Garage Gym Homie for yourself. L.A. County Jail. Uh, with a racial riot okay and is it worth it before i get into this here please click the subscribe button i got content coming out every day for you now every day from supplement reviews health food reviews gizmos gadgets goodies all sorts of good finds for you fine folks out there please so click For the listener, I mean, does he know that he's flexing as he's saying this? <laughs> no way. It's natural. That's his resting state. Somebody's like, I got gizmos. <laughs> in the same way of it's insane to uh, know someone before they're swole and then after. Uh, it's insane to know someone before they do like the regular YouTube speak. Yeah. And after <laughs> that is cool. Like, yeah, just yeah, the, yeah. hearing it in his voice, like the yeah, like and subscribe. Go we got ahead. some gadgets, gizmos, <laughs> reviews, folks. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know. It just I never imagined that voice being put into those purposes. And I've heard that cadence like you know a million times in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not thinking like what if Jamie had it. You know, it's like oh the same effect. You know, like yeah, the same. Yeah, like, yeah. or Sherry. <laughs> <laughs> Like and subscribe. <laughs> subscribe and let's get into this man i just wanted to oh, make shit. a video i just sorry i just this realized event. this tank top is branded fucking merch dude <laughs> yes absolutely <laughs> we need that too <laughs> oh my god uh, to buy his tank top or a, a life skills I tank will, i would like one of his both, yeah both. But yeah 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 okay 
right. I'm sure you could get it. I'll let my man flow for a bit. Wow. Happen because, uh, you know, I haven't made a video in a minute about events in my life. And uh, I've been through uh, racial riots in um, Los Angeles County Jail. I'm lucky I've never been through a, uh, a riot in state prison. But, you know, I wanted to make a point of, uh, you know, talking about my past and some of the experience I've been through. This was probably the single most uh, scariest it is just scariest experience that I've probably survived, maybe. One of them. It, it's up there. It's up there. He's not sure if this um, is the So I've been in L.A. County okay. Jail several times, from the old county to the Twin Towers, all over that place. Um, <laughs> many times. I've given almost... Do you know what he did? Probably four years of my life. I don't know if he describes it here. I feel I, I'm not positive. I'm comfortable saying it likely involved the trafficking of narcotics. Okay. Okay. If I'd say uh, over three years, three and a half years close to the jails and prisons. Um, and uh, a lot of that was spent in L.A. County Jail, which is by far the worst place I've ever been. I think that probably the worst jail in the country i can't imagine anywhere worse than that uh it's racial racial racially segregated basically um everyone's together but you associate with your own race so the whites are with the whites the hispanics are associated with the hispanics uh the blacks with the blacks the others with the blacks and uh a whole new set of rules and politics that I had to learn. So I was just sitting back thinking about that event. And uh, I remember, you know, I had gone to L.A. County Jail, and I was in a dorm in the old county jail, MCJ it's called, Men's County Jail. I was in a dorm with about... Fuck. We are gonna so have let's to say you this, have to huh? read an incredibly long email from your boss that you have to finish before the big meeting starts in so 10 minutes. who is this for? Or you're cramming for an exam the night before, but can't bear to keep your eyes are open to read one out? more textbook chapter. Or you're reviewing a dense legal document that could change your life forever. Or maybe you just want to Or you're proofreading your thesis one last time before this. you submit it to make sure this? there aren't any any errors. I'll never know. Any, any errors, so that was an error. No matter what you have to read, we could all use a second pair of eyes to help us retain that information is some true and shit. put our best foot forward. Probably 250 people in that dorm. And my bunkie had snuck in. I guess sometimes people know they're going to jail. He snuck in crystal meth um, and through his uh, behind. And so he was selling real, crystal meth in the jail, uh, in the dorm to everybody. My bunkie was a white boy selling it to anyone who wanted it. Hispanics, white, Hispanics and whites kind of got along. Um, black people were kind of like on their own. Uh, and uh, it, it was crazy. So what happened was a lot of the dorm was getting high on crystal meth. These people had been up for days straight. Jesus and, Christ, uh, can you imagine? Yeah, how are you feeling so far? I mean, it's a great story. Like, I'm like a fucking full jail dormitory of like a racially like segregated tinderbox 
and they've all been up for days on meth like this is like a fucking movie man yeah like where like <laughs> that that's trouble dude and you said, <laughs> there's, there's guys that we went to school with where like if you said like you just know that if you ask them what's the craziest thing that's ever happened to you, it's in like the top 1% of craziest things that's happened to anyone in the population. I feel <laughs> yeah. really comfortable saying that. Yeah. And you know, obviously I think that he's in the group, right? For sure, like, dude. Just I I don't know, dude. I like just some it was it was one time when I was, you know, definitely um, you know, on a mental journey and just got real fixated on like there definitely is a like the underworld obviously exists and like just we were with it like the underworld is formed by the people that we were around the entire time at high school like not everyone that like you know obviously i do not consider myself part of it and i think that anyone no we're outstanding citizens well, I just, I just mean like, I'm like, I'm not trying to say You're that like a, I don't break any laws, but I think anyone, anyone who's been to LA County Jail would uh, readily agree I'm not part of their group, right? Yeah, like, definitely. I'm, I yeah, don't, yeah, I'm not yeah, about yeah. that life. Yeah, yeah. Me um, so, but like, so it's not like everyone who's there was, but there's plenty of people that we went to yeah, school yeah. with that like form the backbone of the criminal economy today. Definitely. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's a wild experience that not ever in his head. Oh, I fully agree. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's why it's like sometimes, I don't know. I'm not like one of these like, there's evil out there and I've seen it. You know, but it's like, I don't there even, are yeah, people I, that are different. Like, there were a just, couple kids there that I don't know if they've killed anyone, but it seems likely enough. But for the most part, the kids I'm talking about who form like the backbone of the criminal, I, I would say that if anything, I'd, you know, say it's their humanity is obvious, you know, like they're, they're regular, like they're not regular yeah, people. Yeah. There's things that are different about them, but they are people and I do love them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think he's a good example. Like he sure. doesn't come across as like a, you know, a psycho. Yeah, I, you know, I think he's made mistakes in his life. I would, oh, it sounds uh, like it. Yeah, I think yeah. he'd be inclined to admit that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, there were some kids like where you're just like there. There was kind of. I don't, it's not like a dead eyes, but it's just like Man, he probably so, tortured I, animals. I'm thinking of one. Probably, that, yeah, yeah. Like, like a doll's eyes. Yeah, it's a Jaws line. Oh, okay. It's a joke about Jaws. Got it. No, I had done it there's a bunch of people who had done it and so people were up for days and then the hispanics had been brewing alcohol what you would call in jail pruno uh, i was there fighting a case and they were brewing alcohol so after being up for days all these people then they started bringing out the <laughs> so my man is not convicted yeah he's in jail <laughs> i mean why would you be doing meth and pruno while you're fucking waiting to see whether or not you can be free? He's not an angel. I mean, you got to <laughs> do something to pass the time. Okay. I, did. I mean, <coughs> he's got a much better understanding of the situation and the calculus. Uh, so maybe it was a reasonable risk. It doesn't seem that way to me, but I don't have all the facts. True. Alcohol was ready. It had been brewing for I don't know how long. Uh, they'd been brewing it for but it was ready so they started drinking on top of 
the crystal meth use being crystal meth use being up for days. So anyway, what what happened was they also had some tobacco and they went to the bathroom and they were smoking it. And the guards came in, the uh, you know, Oakland the uh, I'm sorry, Los Angeles County sheriffs and they had smelled the tobacco smoke. They would probably roll up Bible papers and smoke cigarettes while they were drunk and high. So all of a sudden the guards came in, like what's the told everybody you face down on your bunk. Everybody more, had to more, face more. down on their bunk. They said, you guys want to mess up? Your TV uh, is getting taken from you. The dorm next door, they've been good. So we're going to give your TV to them. So we all got up from facing down on our bunks. We looked up and the TV was gone. They took it out of the dorm. There was one TV in the dorm with 250 people. So the, the blacks started blaming the Hispanics. The Hispanics started blaming the blacks for whose fault it was that the TV was gone. And all it takes is one punch from somebody of one race to another to start. Before he gets into this, worth note, it seems like the blacks have quite a case. It's their first appearance in the story. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I haven't mean, heard anything that they've done wrong. Yeah, exactly. It's like everything until now is whites and Hispanics only until TV's gone. And now somebody, so the only thing I could think of when he was like, they're blaming them. I'm like, what were the blacks complaining about the whites and the Hispanics, like doing too much crystal meth and like being up too much. You know what I mean? Like, cause other than that, it's like, it's not clear to me what they could have done, you know, at this point. Anyway, I could, I think that probably in a situation like that, uh, people are defensive without rationale. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah. Riot. You can't fight one-on-one -on -one in L.A. County Jail unless you're within your race. Like, if I'm a white boy, I want to fight another white boy, I have some beef to squash, we could set that up and we'll fight it out and then shake hands after and move forward. If a black man punches a Hispanic man, every black man has to jump and every Hispanic man has to jump. And it's pretty much a mutual understanding that the whites either stay out of it or they jump for the Hispanics. So everybody gets involved. There's a saying with the Hispanics, if you want one bean, you get the whole burrito. So anyway, so they started blaming each no other and I'm on the phone. And all of a sudden, I hear the noise. It gets, it gets loud in there. I look back and I drop the phone and a racial riot had started. This was the most intense, I would say it went on for about 15 minutes, I would say. The cops lock you in there when you're rioting. Everybody is going, punching each other. I saw a black guy take a broomstick smash it over something to create a sphere like a, a real sphere and he was freaking stabbing people guy's eye was freaking leaking he's clearly trying to say spear right spear okay <laughs> okay 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 i mean he he, he he enunciated sphere yeah 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 like a, that's def that's 100 percent the word he said but what what he meant i assume 
Okay. A well, because then he, broom he was imagined. He was miming like to... a jabbing. Yeah. And yeah. then I was like, does he mean he's Spear. trying to create like a circular perimeter around himself? I guess you know, that's but I, possible. I think your theory is the right one. Okay. <laughs> People were filling water bottles at the fountain, chucking it at each other. They were chanting uh, different things uh, about um, each other's race and all that. And you <laughs> have to, as a person, you know, who's there terrified, you know, you got to be fighting people, pretending that you're fighting, doing all this and all that. Because after the riot's done, if a white boy saw you hiding or you're not fighting, you're not jumping, then you're going to be beat. I mean, they'll, they'll, I don't know what would happen, but that's not even an option. So the point is, the cops lock you in there. They shut off the lights. and every That honestly is fucking so scary to think about. Terrifying. That's like face-off, dude. Like yeah. they lock you in there and shut off the fucking lights, dude. <laughs> That's so scary. It just his his description there of your the the pressures on you to participate, like how oh, how yeah. it becomes in your best interest to participate. Because most of the time, it is not in your best interest to uh, get violent in most situations. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. this is one where the incentives line up so that you better fucking be violent. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think that he gets into this more a little bit later, and I hope that he takes this comment in the spirit to which it is intended, which is definitely not like, listen, I'm not fucking... Uh, the list of fights I've been in my life is extremely fucking short. I'm not trying to present myself as anything else. But I I, I hear him talking about, like, uh, you know, feeling like he had to fight, but definitely not wanting to, and kind of trying to get by and do the minimum. And I'm like, there's my guy. <laughs> I recognize yeah, 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 that yeah, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, just like, I, I, he can be in as many jails as he wants. Uh, you know, I you got it or you don't and it's okay i don't got it <laughs> you know yeah, like yeah, yeah. i'm sure that he's had to find it far more often than i have and probably has got it worked out now but is it was kind of in a way refreshing to see like that the basic pacifism in his soul has not been corrupted <laughs> by the years of experience yeah that is true yeah 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 that yeah. is true one's just going at it going at it it's insane they're flipping over bunks people are hiding behind bunks then it kind of got separated where blacks were on one side of the room, Hispanics and whites were on one side of the room. They're just chucking stuff at each other, running up in the middle, punching each other. The whole dorm of 250 people was absolutely trash. Everyone's pictures all over the place. You, if you had any personal belongings, you, you were not getting them back. That was it. The worst part of that whole riot was when they flipped open the door. There was a door that they locked us in in the dorm. There was a slot through it. They flipped the slot and they started in with the mace. So first they have Jeez. a hose with this yellow mace. They spray the oh, whole God. dorm. They're spraying the whole Why dorm. Why do they to make mace hoses? They let you go at that. it for, it had to be 15 minutes before they, they started in with the mace. So they started with the mace. All you hear is sirens. It was very eerie, extremely intense. I'm extremely lucky to be alive. And they started with the mace. They're macing the whole dorm of 250 people. Then they start throwing in the smoke bombs. The cops throw through the slot in the door. They're throwing in smoke bombs or they're shooting them in. I don't know how it worked. They were shooting them in. He just does <coughs> <coming> everyone. <in. coughs> 
on the ground at this point because they're all maced. Everybody's on the ground. Nobody's really fighting anymore. I mean, that was that was completely the end of the fighting. Everyone's on the ground just trying to breathe. The mace, I had a bunch of chest hair. You know, I didn't shave it up then. It's getting in my eyes, getting in my hair. It's getting in everything, man. It's freaking insane. My man then they throw in these, these bombs yeah, that sure. shoot out great. rubber bullets all over hairy, the place, all over the place. The cops are shooting out these rubber bullets. So between the mace, the, the, uh, the smoke bombs, and the rubber bullets, that was worse for me personally, because I only got hit in the head with a water bottle. I was just trying to duck around and try and look, you know, busy, like I'm there you know, is. involved in the riot, fighting enough so <laughs> I can, like you know, to like, clean out of town. Completely, yes. uh, you know, satisfy what I have to do. I'm just trying to survive in there. I got hit in the head with a water bottle. What the police did in there was way worse than, than anything. So they got this slot in the door. So one by one, everyone's crawling on the ground. They finally let, they, they say, you know, you go to the slot in the door, you put your hands out of the slot. God, he's they so zip fucking tie jacked, them, dude. They open the door, grab you out, and put you in the hallway on the floor, zip tied now. Close the door again. The next person comes up, puts their oh, hands through the door. They zip tie them. They open the door real quick. Pull out the next person, puts them in the hallway. Two hundred. They had to do that through two hundred and fifty people. I was probably. People oh, with God ADHD save ten hours studying with this Chrome extension. But no, by all means, go ahead, skip the ad. Save a few seconds. I have to do a lot of reading like for my job. To. You know, emails, reports, write-ups. But sometimes reading can get really, really. Pretty good with the distance, mouse. The fiftieth person you. that got, I was closer to the door, so I I got to get out of there quicker. While I'm coughing up a freaking lung, you know, I'd been up for days. Smoke bomb, all that stuff. What a it way was to end the, the craziest bathroom. situation, man. Not I am so blessed to be alive. And um, after that, they were sitting. We were sitting in the hallway. I have never had such pain as I have from that police mace in my eyes. My whole body was burning, my eyes were burning. You're sitting there and they come at you with this spray after while you're sitting in the hallway. They let you suffer, they spray your eyes and then they wipe them off with a cloth and you cannot get enough relief. I mean, it is the most intense adrenaline filled feeling in the world, being in a racial riot. And I'll I never mean, there were people who that. got stabbed in there with yeah, brooms. And sure. There was only so many weapons. I mean, bunks fell on metal bunks on people's legs. Um, unbelievable amount of people went to the hospital um, in in there. They have their own medical, you know, hospitals. And, uh, you know, L.A. County Jail has 20,000 inmates at any given time locked up there. It is huge. So then they took us all. And they put us in solitary confinement after because they, they had to take time to classify everyone. They recorded you right, at, right away. They said, what did you see in there? You have to say you saw nothing. And then they, they put us to another part of the jail. Another That's part an of the interesting, jail. like, just Everybody sentence. was in solitary. Like, why do you have, like, you know the way it's just like, obviously you have to say you saw nothing. 
Yeah. Like, why do you have to say that? I, I mean, know why. I, I know the no snitching reason why. I'm like, does LA County also want you to say that? You know what I mean? That's like, interesting. So I quick? suspect that they do want to get information about who started this. Yeah, like I guess they want to so. know who brought the meth in so they can stop bringing the meth yeah, in. Yeah, they probably do want that. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I I I'd suspect that he's more. I mean, along probably the, lines the same of, people that will beat you up for not fighting will also beat you up for giving a yeah account. I would yeah. I would think, but anyway, confinement in their own cell. Uh, I sat in there for about two and a half or three weeks, I remember, before uh, they transferred me out somewhere else. So uh, I sat in solitary confinement after that, and I was there fighting a case. I, I didn't know what was going to happen with me then. I hadn't been sentenced yet on that case I was at, so I was just trying to get by. and. Uh, and that's how it is, man, when it cracks off in there. It's no freaking joke, and uh, it's straight-up survival mode. I'm telling you, I've been to jails in three different states, four different county jails uh, in three different states. I've been to two different state prisons, and that was the most intense, uh, scary situation that I've ever been in, in jail or prison. That was absolutely insanity and uh sometimes i think back to that man because i have i bring it up today because i've been having i have terrifying dreams lately that kind of jesus i don't know if i got that ptsd or whatever <coughs> but those situations let me man, settle there i yeah. feel very that real was, yeah. that fear and stuff that that was there i mean i was terrified man i'm not a tough dude i'm not a i'm just i was just uh, untreated addict alcoholic. <laughs> they man. just had and the. I kept, I'm sorry, I'm not like, laughing it, at him. No, it's good to explain it. Cause <laughs> yeah, the, as he's saying, like, uh, you know, I, listen, I'm just. They had the classic YouTube, the like button, like scrolled across the like screen, right under a little his face, animated like, click. Yeah, it's, it yeah, is weird. Know, hey, if you're if you're digging this, check it out. We got yeah, more yeah, stuff. Yeah. Down. <laughs> I mean, because it, it it's a touching moment of vulnerability. I will say. It's yeah, amazing. It's but, great. Yeah, yeah. It is. It's almost like YouTube knows that. I mean, it's not. It's definitely him adding in the effects or whoever edits his videos. Oh, really? Oh, I thought it was like YouTube. Oh, that's no, kind no. of funny then. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. So it's no, like, someone made a choice. Someone okay, he knows. Okay, okay. Made a choice to be like. This is yeah. when we'll hit him. <laughs> yeah, you know? <laughs> okay. Self in horrible situations because I didn't treat my disease and I ended up in LA County Jail and. When you're in there, man, you're you're powerless. You have no idea what's gonna happen. So, hey, man, that's 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 what I got for you. There was no really point to the video, except to uh, share that experience with you and let you know how how crazy things can get when you're in when you're in uh, L.A. County Jail. And uh, just to share a tidbit of uh, one story of what I've been through, man. Uh, so that's what I got for you. So it's definitely not worth it. Going to LA County Jail is definitely not worth it. I give it a horrible review. <laughs> I give LA County Jail an absolutely terrible review. Uh, the living conditions are un like unbearable. You might wait three days before you even get a bed and you're just sitting on concrete. You're lucky if you get a toilet paper roll so you could put your head down 
Uh, and then, you know, when I'm in there, I'm detoxing off heroin when I come in and all that. Fuck. So it's yeah. absolutely terrible. Uh, so that's what I got together. Let's get this dang muscle. Stay out of jail. God, God bless damn, all dude. of you. I'm out. He's out. Oh. <laughs> I want to watch more, dude. <laughs> I mean, it does seem like he's doing good. I'm, that makes me happy. I didn't know he was detoxing off heroin either. There, I mean, it's one of several details he throws in where <laughs> yeah, dude. It, it ratchets the story up by several degrees. Yeah. And wow. yeah, dude, I, I am just like... Look at us, you know, fucking nice backyard. A beautiful backyard. Swole, 4,000 subscribers. 4,000 subscribers? I don't know. I think that he's around there. Nice. I, I, I might be wrong. Very nice. But just like, you know, to the, at that point, you got to think your life is over. Like, no more joy is coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you definitely. know, I mean, he's, he's a man that's battled some demons. But yeah. to, to see that he's uh, not quit battling... Yeah, you know he's he's still out there. I'm happy for the garage gym, homie. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind a complex of, story, you know. Yeah. But fucking, we need more Excel YouTubers. I think. I yeah, I'd I think appreciate he's the only that. one. I yeah, if there's others, I'm not super aware of them. Well, us pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, I made the channel. We do have I know, the channel. I know. There's it haunts me. There's one comment. The last video that we did on the episode, I say something about filming, like, you know, I don't remember something, but there's a comment on the last video that's like, well, I I am a listener, but I really do prefer the video. So thanks guys for doing this part too. I like it, you know, mm, please, mm. you know, really appreciate it. Mm. <laughs> Just never did a video after that, you know? Well, you tell me that we're going to again soon. So. I, we are going to, I, I want to get, well, we don't need to talk about it on the air. I do feel like the workflow is a little, uh, we, it's a little back, back and forth, you know, since you're such an audiophile. It's like. These are all easily solvable problems, but I'll, I'll do whatever you want to do. Well, I don't. Like, I have my own solutions if, you, if you're if you interested, but I'm also happy to be a team okay. player. Well, we'll figure it out. I I'm a uh, team player either way. Definitely. I want to start filming. I think it would be good, but, you know, we did it before. Yeah. It's all right, I guess. I want to start clipping them up. Also, this is the other thing I was thinking, but we've already talked about it. I know you don't like too many tasks. I, think, I do uh, hate tasks. I think we could probably double our subscribers if I wrote the episode descriptions, if I did a good job on them. I but would love that. I don't know if I'm up for it. You I know? don't think you are. Like, you know, this one, we'd talk about what we actually talked about. And so, this time, I feel like we'll probably just be like, the boys watch a YouTube video you know mm -hmm. yeah. which is very charming to me because there are these five hour episodes in the description it's just like the boys talk about haircuts uh yeah no i have it, no doubt uh that uh i gotta write that down so that i do um that solves the problem of having to figure out what i'm gonna write <laughs> um but it's just it's just a, a, like yeah dude there's a lot of things that if you put in the effort it would improve the product but Very like true. i don't have an unlimited amount of effort it's true in fact quite the opposite uh and i'm one to talk to you know we all know what when we stopped filming it was when you were like hey i'd, I'd like you to start doing the the whatever the editing the film mm -hmm. correction mm -hmm. and i was like yeah of course no problem dude <laughs> <laughs> we've all got a share in the burden 
<laughs> so we'll get there. How much time are we done? How much, I can't read that. I can't either. I thought maybe you could though. No, no, no. No, but I mean that's as much as we're gonna do, right? I thought that was this a good is, video. Uh, I I hope that one day we can have Garage Gym Man on the <laughs> podcast. So are we uh we get to stop recording? I am. <laughs>